when that kind of thing happens in America, you end up addicted to meth. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, Brigstock is like one bad decision from all being addicted to meth. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll put you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Hello, and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. I'm Dave Bamford, and I'm your King of the Castle, and I'm joined today by Peel, who does my moat and my plumbing and all those intra-walkie watery things. He's been in my upstairs bathroom today. Thank you for fixing the hot tap. Uh, that's been driving me crazy. I've had to go downstairs to shave. Uh, but the new shower thing you've installed on the bath is terrifying. It's like big enough to be a transformer. Uh, say hello, Peel. Oh, I'm such a fan of water, Dave. I'm currently in the bath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, Those are... can I make a splash sound effect? Go on. Oh. Dave and transfer. Oh, no, I, I can hear the splash, yeah. Good, because I'm getting hot water dripping on my toes, so I need to move it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. So, um, Peel's naked, which is always fantastic. Um, so, this is episode 50. Uh, thank you if you've been listening all that time. Uh, we're now over a year old, or as Peel was talking a minute ago, almost a year old, depending on how you count it, but we're a year old. And uh, so cheers if you've listened that long. Um, hello if you've not. This sorry. Well, I was going to say if you're still listening from the start, well done. You deserve a medal. Yeah. Okay. Like there should be some kind of trophy for making fifty. That's like a big milestone. <laughs> it really is. It's a, it's a, people have epic birthday parties for fifty. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have as well for a year, but you yeah. know, we didn't have a ball pit. Just throwing it out there for next year. Well, as far as I'm aware, there's at least like two or three uh, podcasts that have born and died in the time we've been on the air. Uh, they've born and died since second editions come out. So, you know, <laughs> what does that born. make? What does that say? Like, we have no lives. Um, we're like Spartans in this society of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. There's 300 <laughs> of us, and we all look good in like not a lot. Yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> that true? Yeah. Okay. Uh, for those who have been listening I, I assume most of you have listened before this probably isn't your first episode um, you'll notice that Craven isn't with us uh, that's because there is another UK based podcast now we can no longer claim to be the only and therefore best podcast now we are just the best UK podcast um, the other one's called The Southern Bannerman and it's run by a couple of friends of ours and uh, a guy I don't know I'm sure he's lovely so check that out if you want to but obviously Craven's got to sort it out so once again we will be the only and therefore best UK podcast <laughs> Um, so good luck to them. Uh, <laughs> this week, best will be up to debate in a few weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, if it's not only and therefore best, it will be oldest and therefore best, right? Like we've matured Do like they? fine wine. Like we've we've shot we'll into each have... other's skins. Like we, you know, we're that sounds a bit creepy. Um, kind of just like you know, we're all one with each other. Like we've got the the flowing banter, hence the yeah, name. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. hopefully, references were all over this shit. Exactly, um, and. Uh, you know, and it goes well. If so, nothing uh, else, we'll see. you can always release a new song. People go mental for that shit. They do go good for the songs. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some at some point. Unfortunately, probably not this week. 
Unless I call oh. in sick tomorrow, but I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> so, if you've been listening for a long time, you will well, may remember that last September, uh, in between Nationals and Worlds, uh, we hosted a little tournament in Brickstock called the Paramore Invitational. Uh, the Gornish Paramours are a group on Facebook. Uh, it was started because Bambi wanted someone to play on Octagon with regularly, and so he added all his mates in the community at the time. So it's a relatively small group, obviously. Um, and uh, that's burgeoned from there. We were kind of like a, a big southern UK meta, um, which was kind of irritating because it meant all the travelling players in the south knew each other's decks because we used to deck share all the time. Uh, <laughs> so that was irritating. Uh, but Last year we decided to have our, our AGM, for want of a better word, and we had the Paramore Invitational in the Old Three Cocks in Brigstock, which is of course the spiritual home of Thrillerman. We decided that next year we'll have another one, and it'll be wonderful. And uh, it would be held at wherever the winner of the Joust lives. So the winner of last year's Joust will hold the next year's Paramore Invitational. And I won the Joust, so we were holding it in Brigstock. So this year we, have, we hired out the Women's Institute in Brigstock, and we had two days of thrones and drinking and wonderfulness and banter. Um, and it was lovely. Uh, so this year, last year, I won the joust. Bambi won the draft and Bambi won overall. So we got a nice little shield made up. Got Bambi's name on it. Lovely jubbly. Um, this year, we're, uh, we did the same thing. We had a joust on the Saturday. Second edition this time. And a first edition Highlander draft. Which we'll get on to. Um, but before that... The structure of the Paramore Invitational uh, is, is it is an invitational. That's not because we're elitists, even though we are. It is primarily for logistical reasons, because part of the Paramore Invitational is that it is a piss-up for an entire mm. weekend. Uh, and included in that is sleeping space and so on and so forth. So 16 is really the about the right amount for a good-sized Tor- Thrones tournament, a, uh, a piss-up, and sleeping space in Brigstock so that is kind of like the limit we set it at and once we had 16 people confirmed we stopped inviting people and then a couple dropped out and we end up with 14 so if you didn't get an invite we probably do hate you but that is also the logistical reason as well um, Yeah. So I think on... what Dave's trying to say is he doesn't want everybody in the world sleeping on his bedroom floor that is exactly what I want to say yeah but in a really nice way so, uh, go on. No, I was just going to say, it is a, it is a, a weird welcoming experience in ways. Um, you're effectively inviting the, the people we've only ever met playing Game of Thrones, and it's a really nice thing as well. But you're inviting people we've only met through a card game to our houses for a weekend to get pissed with us. Mm. Mm. It's pretty fucking epic. And mostly, there was no issues, so uh, thumbs yeah. up. Uh, so, for those who have been listening that long, they'll remember that last year I tried to get everyone who played to do little interviews with us on the cast, to talk through what they played, how they did, their general impressions of the weekend. And as much as possible, I've, been, I've done that this week. Um, I've got most people so far, I've got a couple more scheduled for the next day or so. So hopefully I'll have everyone, and if not, I'll uh, add a little segment at the end apologising and uh, just moaning about them in general, really, and what bad, bad sports they were for the weekend. Uh, but the weekend started, as all good things happen, starts in Brigstock. Uh, it started in the old three cocks. Uh, <laughs> I, I picked up the keys to the Women's Institute. Hammers and I set everything up. We had a we had a nice little chat. We built decks for myself, for Hammers, and for you. And uh, mm-hmm. and then we got the call saying that 
Wedge, Wedge's car had arrived, or Mature's car had arrived, uh, and that they were at the Cox. And that's when it started. What was one of the messier nights we've had in Brewstock, I think, Friday night. It was, uh, it was quite intense. It did legitimately destroy me. I felt like quite literal shit <laughs> two days afterwards. Um, because I just couldn't touch a drink without going, oh, oh this ain't right. And I just couldn't, oh, I just couldn't do anything. I was just broken. <laughs> I think it's broken horrible. is the word. By Sunday night, I was just curled up in bed watching Netflix just dying inside. <laughs> Crying while watching Archer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> I was watching Origins of the New Black and I was like, you've got it good. <laughs> you've got it good. <laughs> so, uh, basically everyone arrived on the sat- on the Friday, mo- Friday night and we had a piss up. The traditional route in Brickstock is you go to the Cox, you get rat you go back to Secondary Dave's house. And that's what we did this time. We had a solid evening full of love and frivolity. And then we went to Dave's house to terrify him while he had work to get up for in the morning. Uh, so finally we emerge much later than um, than expected. Uh, and we play Joust on the Saturday. Do you, but before we get to the Joust, do you have any key moments from Friday night that you want to talk about, Peel? Was there anything you actually remember? I remember bits and bobs. Mm. Becoming dribs and drabs. I remember playing Vince on FIFA and getting very competitive about it until about 4am. I, I remember <laughs> well, that, possi- yeah. Possibly 5. We were just constantly changing teams and going for it again. At one point he beat me 7-1, but then I came back to beat him with England uh, against France, so it kind of felt a little bit justified. Um <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a 7-1 win, but it was still kind of like, nah, I've done the do here, I've won with England, they're shit. Um, so I managed to do that, and I just remember then Rowan coming in. I didn't even know he was outside. Rowan just wandered in, looked at us and said, you're right, um, in his usual way, oh, chaps, <laughs> just going to have a sleep, and just kind of literally just gets on the bed, curls into a ball, and that's it. <laughs> like, gets on the bed and just lays down. That was all he said, that was all he did. He just went straight <laughs> And I had to sleep on the sofa in the conservatory, which is an odd one. But you just couldn't move him at all. It was like, ah, he's gone. (laughs) Yeah. Um, A couple of moments that stand out from me. Uh, Top Knot Mike, who's the barman at the Cox, uh, arguing with Wex over the fact that Wex introduced him using a nickname rather than his real name. Uh, that was that. kind of weird. You'll have we've got Top Knot Mike on to give us the barman's perspective of a Thrones tournament <laughs> later, uh, which is quite fun. Um, <laughs> it was just one of those uh, those wonderful, wonderful evenings where everything falls into place into fun and frivolity and banter. Um, I remember uh, we uh, some of the locals came back with us. Tractor Pete did. Uh, yeah. Tony did as well. A, a very drunk Irish man who, well, he's <laughs> dancing to hip-hop That's in why David I left early on the Friday night. I left early on the Friday night to walk the very drunk Irishman back with Dave. <laughs> Dave yeah. asked me if I could have a hand. He's like, Tom, can you give me a hand getting him back? I was like, all right, then, yeah. Well, uh, so I walked with this drunk Irishman, and all of a sudden he was just stood in the lounge. I was like, all right, then, fair enough. <laughs> this, this has happened. Me, Will, and Dave left with a drunk Irishman, and he was just in the lounge, and it was just... <laughs> It, it was a bloody odd experience. Yeah, I um, can imagine. It's, it's not right. <laughs> okay. No, he was there. Fair. The track came down as well. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we had a lot of our friends there from... Um, 
we, we had a couple of Brickstop people and we had a lot of friends from the Thrones community who joined us for the tournament. Um, the most remarkable of whom is Alex Hines, who those some astute listeners may recognise from our Christmas episode where he was our first proper foreign guest, because obviously we count Vince as British. Um, mm. And other people who are less fun might recognise him as Isteril from the boards, who does all the rules questions, uh, or... You know, Alex Hines from Beyond the Wall, the other podcast which has more listeners than us. <laughs> so uh, he's lovely. <laughs> we had a great time, um, and it was really cool for him to come over. He had a, he had to work in England for the week, uh, so he came over a couple of days early to join us for the Invitational, uh, and he seemed to have a jolly old time. Um, and hopefully, we've uh, assured him that Banter Behind the Throne do drink as hard as we say we do. After those two evenings, <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy um, him learning the Nelly the Elephant dance. Oh yeah, Nelly the Elephant by the Toy Dolls. Yeah, and everyone just seemed to stand up, and uh, that yeah. was a bit of a there, surreal experience. There was like, a couple what? of us that knew it, and so we did it straight away. And by the end of the first chorus, everyone pretty much knew it and was just doing it. And all the regulars at the pub just like, oh, they're doing the Nelly Joined the Elephant dance again. Oh, we'll join in. <laughs> Classic them. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, so, the joust on the Saturday, we had 14 players, so we decided to do a uh, four rounds of Swiss. Um, we had a solid DBQ of 1.6 recurring. Um, we were going to do a top four, but we decided halfway through we'll do the top 16, uh, which we thought would be much more banter. So, seeds one and two got buys into the uh, into the top 16. Uh, it's just straight into the top eight, and then we did the cut from there. What was your opinion on the uh, the cut to top sixteen peel? Didn't like it. No, is that because you dropped no. the positioning? Effectively, yeah. Um, it was a case of oh, I'm doing all right. Theoretically, I might make the cut regardless if it was top eight or something like that. Then it just goes down. I'm like, oh, I got bad. Yeah, you were seven. It, it all came down to that one game in the end, and it was just like, oh shit. You were uh, you had a joint you you were you know joint fifth. But on strength of schedule, you were seventh um, yeah. on uh, before the cut, and after the cut, you finished ninth. So you did drop a couple yeah. of places. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. out that margin, isn't it? It is. But, but is that a really annoying section? Sorry. Do, do you want to uh, talk to everyone? What happened before the tournament? What was the first thing we did when we got there? Because you know, what would you do before you play with all your friends? You got to introduce yourself. And how did we do that? Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me still hazy I came in in a wrestling mask and did the campest dance I've ever done in the world to the tune of G South and why did you do that? because that was uh, that was what we did we did the uh, the ceremonious introductions yeah wrestling style introductions yes they were with Mache calling out people as they walked in um, giving a brief description and a pre-lined selection of theme songs um, which had been prepared at some point. I don't know when you two prepared them, I must admit. I think it was like Wednesday night or something we uh, we discussed it. Yeah. It was during the week. You, us and you managed to pick all the most obscure songs I've ever heard. I think most of them worked pretty well. Some uh, of them, yeah. Rowan did. didn't recognise his straight away, which kind of uh, sucked. And some of them don't really get started until like 45 seconds in, so they're not really very good to just play them <laughs> and people walk in and go, oh, okay. Uh, but some of them were perfect. Uh, Vince came yeah. into Jetem. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, a flower. Sam, yeah, uh, Sam came into Sunday Party by Party Marty, and that was fantastic. Um, 
you know, like some of them were just perfect and they work really well. Some of them less so, but it is definitely fun and I do recommend doing it if uh, if you've got a small tournament where everyone knows each other really well. Um, but the well, joust. Major's outfit for that day. Sorry. Sorry. Major's outfit for that. Major's outfit for the day. Right. Where he, where he walked in first thing in the morning with this t-shirt on. <laughs> the first thing you saw a Manchester lad do was for. Um, Stella all down in his vest. <laughs> like... yeah, well, he was doing a Stone Cold style intro <laughs> to the tune of uh, Jumping Jack Flash. It, it made sense. <laughs> um, um, but do you want to talk about your experience in the Joust? Uh, you know, just highlights, brief description. What did you play, and uh, how did you do? Yeah, so I was playing a Greyjoy Tyrell combo, so I could have all the tasty, tasty big hitting claim and all the lovely much and more. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, it, it does. It's uh, it's pretty much probably going to remain what I play now for the next three years, four years. <laughs> Certainly, all over for back sales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's given me something to do until my boats come back. Um, if they ever come back, I hope they do. That's another point for another time. And I started off the day by playing the lovely Frenchman I played the night before on FIFA lots. So it was a rival match. Mm-hmm. And how did that go? I won. Fantastic. It was a proud moment. It was a case of, yes, good game. It was a really fun game, actually. I love playing Vince. He's always so friendly about everything. And it's a really relaxed game. He kind of like, he kind of like sits there and he goes, and like we're looking at it and he goes, oh no, you know, we forgot to do this. We just let each other do it without really thinking about it. Mm. And there were times, and to be fair, all my games are like that, to be honest. None of them were really taken too seriously in respects to kind of obviously, um, Cutbacks and just going, oh, look, I forgot Ronaldo, is that all right? Um, and things like that, so that was nice. Um, I started off strong, actually, for the day, and I got my first win. Mm-hmm. It was at that point, it kind of started to fall. <laughs> Classic. Well, I kind of, I won one, it was strong, and then I lost one quite quickly after that, and was like, oh, um, crap, I've got a weakness. And then I, um, Mage did beat me quite badly, didn't they? Uh, I didn't see. I wasn't there. I was playing Vince. Yeah, so I played Mage. She was playing Martel Crossing. Um, and, of course, Martel are coming back to their former dominance. I think you'll agree, Dave. I think I could agree with that. They're starting to get back to where they used to be. Um, and the one thing I always hated playing against was Martel. And I, I can see it being the same in this edition. It's, I'm glad to hear Because even though they're, they're a little bit tricksy still. Mm. You know, they've got some powerful powerful characters in there and they're just solid all round they're um, not really weak on any icons at the moment they seem to be quite balanced I found mm, so it's hard yeah. to get through to get an unopposed challenge which was obviously what I needed it was really hard for me to get someone through because he always had a dweeb with just two little icons um, and all these big characters are balanced like that as well and he can add and remove icons which really did not help yeah yeah <laughs> if he can control your bail on you're not in a good place I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did because I tried to make Uber Balon, mm. and of course Uber Balon is the funnest kind of Balon because Uber Balon's strength is plus two, um, and Uber Balon can't be blocked if you're basically below seven, or you can get the other mod which puts them up by one as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. There's two locations. One of them gives them stealth too. Yeah. Um, the great crack. <laughs> yeah, and you can either draw a card or get an, a power. Oh, that was beautiful that day. <laughs> that was a beautiful card. That came into play on my next one. That was the combo I got set up. Go on, then. So how, how did you beat Rowan? <laughs> I lost against Mage badly. 
uh, Meg Bradley, and then I played Rowan, and Rowan was, was luckily some, I managed to pull it off, and I still to this day know that it was the luckiest kind of setup I had. Mm. I had a decent setup, I had a decent board going in, and then once I managed to get, I think it was Euron uh, and Hyper Balon as well, just basically pinging off with Renown and all the power, and you can't stop it, and here's another pose, and I get extra power. Um, with Greyjoy, which is what they do, and what if you can pull it off, is the nicest thing ever to do with a Greyjoy deck. Because yeah. you go from having, in my case, seven uh, power to fifteen um, in one epic challenge. I hear that's a recipe for winning a game. I that that was, uh, and I do apologise for running on that. I felt a bit jammy when I pulled it off because it was a very very kind of lucky. Everything fell into place nicely. You know when you just get those games and they just kind of. They just work for no apparent clear reason. Yeah. You've all had them where you get the uh, the best cards on setup. You get a Winterfell on setup. Now you have a great time. You do. You have a great time, and that's what it comes down to. It's like getting the Arbor on setup. I've noticed um, people getting the Arbor on setup always had a grin on their face. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was not a fun time. Um, but no, then I went on to play my final game uh, of the day. Where I played uh, Dear Bambi, who uh, I courteously let beat me. Um, <laughs> That's so kind of they, you. It was kind, because, you know, it made all the difference in the standings. And I very kindly, apparently, was unable to really put too much of a dent into his deck, um, if honest. Yeah, played Bambi, played his Greyjoys. Uh, he was also playing Greyjoy, and Greyjoy and Greyjoy. Both Greyjoys want to go first. And you end up bickering for who starts, effectively. It's like two bro- brothers having a fight. And whoever basically gets to go first in the majority of rounds generally gets the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And it turned into that. He had the much higher um, initiative on the plots. Yeah. And kept flipping good, better plots at better times and using the uh, higher initiative to make sure he goes first. Because a lot of their triggers are if you're the first player. And it, he was, uh, he'd increase his Balon by two. I'd increase him by one. So it was just void. So I couldn't do anything about that. Um, and he put in a good solid game and again beat me with uh, with not a huge amount of ease I managed to block a lot of his unopposed uh, but he, you know once he got the if he got up hand on the plots a few times he did manage to stop me and definitely slow me down um, and that was pretty much me out I came ninth, no 7th overall ok and then obviously we cut to top 16 Um <laughs> which resulted in me dropping two places in the game where I played Wex, who did me with a Lannister in the Rentley. <laughs> yep, that, that happens with Lannister sometimes. It does happen with Lannister quite a lot, Dave. They're surprisingly good. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Schnickily good! But yeah, Wex was horrendously hungover, and although he beat in the end, I think morally it was a victory for me because he had to stay awake for another hour where I had floor nap. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if anyone's ever experienced floor nap, but floor nap is a good nap. With both the doors open as well. So you have the big front door. Yeah. And just air blowing through. Ooh. But you know, you've um, got to be really careful with the door open. Because the horse why? might come inside. <laughs> the horse almost didn't come inside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't like us as much the second day, I must admit. Well, he, he was way more friendly for it. Huh? Somebody probably abused him on the Saturday night. Oh, they did. He looked so shaken the next day, bless him. I drove past at one point in my car, and he was just running around the field, neighing at everybody. Uh, at one point, the horse disappeared from the field, 
and uh, there's a bit of drama where it's like, I think someone's rustled the horse. <laughs> I didn't, didn't know that was still a thing. Uh, but <laughs> I think Habez started talking to people who were walking past and uh, they had seen the horse and the horse was with a responsible adult, so it was fine. <laughs> but we did worry for five minutes, like, oh my god, someone's nicked the horse, or one of us has left the gate open. <laughs> and the horse is like off. investigate duo, like the horse is missing. Game is a first. Yeah. You must find it. James is running outside questioning civilians. <laughs> have you seen a horse? We have. It's over there. Okay, sure. You don't generally get that at the other Thrones tournaments very often, I must admit. <laughs> no, you don't. Investigative duo serving, solving the mystery of the missing horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I saw that. I don't remember that bit. <laughs> but that would have been amazing. Yeah, that, like, you would have just, that was probably while I was on my way to get the pizzas. Maybe. I think it was the Saturday, the Sunday, actually. Because I know the pizzas. Uh, there were some kids, apparently, um, I had a little look, there was loads of fire engines as I drive back. And there were some kids just outside on BMXs, outside the woods. Right. There was about four fire engines just parked alongside them, like, what the fuck? And these fire engines were all doing U-turns. Um, you know at these, is it Stanton? Next village across Stan- from you? Yes, yeah, Stanion, that's the one. I never go there. I only ever drive fast and go, you're not a brick stock. <laughs> you're close, but you're not quite there, mate. It's the next junction. No, you're like a uh, mile off, mate. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't walk to your pub. They were all doing U-turns um, in the standing fucking junction. So you had like four fire engines doing U-turns in the junction on the way there, trying to like get past them as a nightmare. Mm. Didn't even have a clue what was going on. And then uh, on the other side, you had them all parked up on the side of the road because four kids were stood there with like some fireworks, looking guilty. Uh. <laughs> The most stupid shit you've ever seen. And that's a Corby, ladies and gentlemen. That's a Corby on a Saturday. Yeah. But the pizzas were delightful. Um, they were. They were. They were, they were well, well deserved. Um, okay, so my day, I played Martel Wolf, which, as eager listeners will know, I played a couple of months ago at uh, Stoke and won the regional there. So I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll try it again. But uh, we had decided that the new, the new pack was legal. So I could play around with um, Harmonulla. Luckily, Alex had brought a set of cards, uh, and so I could borrow Harmonola. Unfortunately, between us, Wedge and I played 15 games, and we triggered Harmonola exactly zero times. So that was sad. Um, but yeah, I, I had a I had a good run of the tournament. I lost my first game against Josh. Uh, if I get him on, you'll hear about his deck. He, I mean, he mentioned it last week. It was a beautiful thing, uh, but I couldn't actually get a challenge through, so I lost that game. Uh, round two, I played against Vince, uh, which would have gone well. He triggered Varus. Um, wiped my board, I played stuff out again. He put Varus down again. And then he ran my, ran Varus into a Gaston Grey, and so he got popped back to hand. I won that game. Um, I played against Sam, and as he sat down, he said, uh, Oh, uh, I think you're going to route Martel me. And I did, so that was nice. <laughs> Just did Martel things to win. Uh, and then I played Alex Hines, which was great. We recorded it as like a battle of a podcast um, podcast kind of game. Uh, so we might put it up. It was a bit one-sided. He had an alright setup. I had a good one. And uh, I had enough stuff to just control his icons so he couldn't trigger the wall. Um, so yeah, I made the cut at fourth seed. Uh, played against Keb. I managed to uh, red vengeance and military claimer down to just Bob and then march Bob. So after that, it was kind of a bit grim for her. Um, I went on to play Alex again in the uh, the top eight. 
he had the new winter or the winter heart tree, I think it's called, um, which steals gold every marshalling phase, and that card is really fucking good, mm. really really good. Um, this game was a lot closer, and uh, hopefully we'll have Alex on later to tell the story about that. If not, um, I'll I'll cover it later in a uh, in a separately recorded segment and add it in now. And now we're done with that. <laughs> I went on to win that and uh, went on to win that, and I played uh, Wedge in the top four. Um, Wedge was a victim of second edition variants uh, set up. Uh, a four-coster at a King's Road. Four-coster got marched. Uh, he opened with first snow, thinking he might be alright with Red Vengeance, and I could just keep the pressure up, and he just didn't have enough board to do anything, essentially, which was a shame. Um, and then I played Mage in the final, uh, which went really well for me. He made a mistake with his Nymeria, I think, which allowed me to uh, attack with Tyene and do some damage there. And even though we traded Nymerias on his first snow turn, um, it was still pretty brutal. And so I won the Paramore Invitational for a second year running, which mm. was pretty satisfying. Which does mean, of course, the Paramore Invitational will be in Brigstock next year, which is nice. At this point, it may be the Brigstock Invitational. It, it um, may be. I um, feel like someone needs to come and take it from us. Yeah, especially well, as less than 50% of people are actually Cornish Paramores this year. Mm. Uh, most of them were just uh, from other metas or abroad. I think mm. on the second day, Hammers worked it out and he said a quarter of people were born foreign if that makes sense like we had a Canadian Hammers is Australian Vince is French Connie's Dutch so at that point it was uh, yeah yeah, 25% of people were uh, foreign if you count Bambi as well then that's even more people living abroad well that's pretty good for a village you can kind of count Chris as well in a way Chris lived in France yeah yeah for a very long time Um, he didn't play Thrones though but he was there a weekend he, he, he was, yeah. So, I mean, that's even if you just counted him to the percentage of the room that was from a different country, effectively. Yeah. It's quite um, impressive for a village. <laughs> it's not too bad. Um, that's the most diverse of the village has been in years. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm a new landlord now. You'll be fine. Oh, true. Maltese Mike. Um, mm. So, obviously, after that, we went to the pub, and uh, Paul, the landlord, the night before, he had um, pulled me aside and said, look, if you guys are going to come back and spend this much money again tomorrow... I was just like, yeah, we probably are. Uh, he's like, right, I'll put a barbecue on for you. So he put a barbecue on for free for all of us. Um, we made secondary Dave Cook, which was nice. Uh, and that was just great. That was a really nice touch. Uh, so we all ate, ate for free in the evening. Uh, drank shit tons of beer. Went back to Dave's again. Um, Mach, uh, Mach, Mach was tripping, in the band. Uh, which you'll hear from many, many perspectives. Uh, mm. over the course of this because it's one of the highlights of pretty much everyone's weekend but mate started stripping and then of course we went back to Dave's um, and uh, yeah much trow dowing ensued with people dancing in their pants until the early hours of the morning uh, mm. I managed to get out early uh, it was a nice um, a nice success in that Waffle turned up for the evening drinks um, we weren't expecting to see him we thought he had uh, a combination of work and a knackered bike meant that he wasn't going to make it, but our lovely Mr. Peel went and picked him up, which was nice. Yeah, he came and had a wave, mm-hmm. you know. Still just as drunk as he was at Starlink. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so it's good to see him. Uh, but yeah, obviously the the Friday, the Saturday night was slightly less messy, but just as good as the Friday, which is what we want. Um, and then on the Sunday we played uh, Highlander Draft. For those who haven't played Highlander Draft, it's, uh, it's a card pool made by Chris Thompson, one of the, I want to say... Pennsylvanian guys, I think he's from Philadelphia, not 100% sure. 
um, and altered for our meta's taste slightly, taking out some of the melee cards, adding in some mm. of the more banter cards like Blessed by the Maiden um, and Ten Towers and Imposter. And uh, what you do is you get given a first edition agenda at the beginning <laughs> of the day, and you get a draft pack, so you've also got the treaty agenda, which allows you to play out of house cards for free. You need a bit more power to win. Um, you draft your draw deck uh, from a selection of 50 or 60 cards. Then you draft a plot deck from 15 cards that you see. Uh, and then you just build and you play. And we had 12 people, which is how many it supports. Um, mm. We did a four-round top four, which was good. Uh, do you want to talk about your draft deck? Yeah, it was uh, it was strangely good for a draft deck um, in some aspects. And by strangely good, I mean it was aloof and apart. And, oh, this is the one I remember. This was the nice one. I had aloof and apart. I was playing Targaryen, and I had all the dragons. Well, not all the dragons, but some of the dragons. I had the big, fat, fucking Tricon King. I had lots of attachments to make him better than your average man. I even had some saves, Dave. I had some saves in Targaryen. Oh, yeah, you had the Iron Man. Genuine saves. <laughs> like, what? Unlike yeah, last year, have... where you drafted some terrible, like, house-only Greyjoy cards and tried to play them out of uh, Lannister. This year, you pl- you got the good out-of-house Greyjoy cards. Yes! I didn't even, I didn't even have any, Dave. You had Except Iron, Iron Mines. Yeah. That was what, that's what I mean. I had... Also, I picked up, I'm pretty sure, in my discarded decks, Dave, there was a Euron. Oh, wow. And you didn't play it? I could have... No, I didn't play anything. I went nice. I went full tilt. Nice. I went all out. I had a, um, I had a Valerian, Dave. I know. <laughs> <laughs> a Valerian, like, no one does that. Statistically, that's very unlikely, and it worked perfectly in this massive deck, which was run by Aloof and Apart, and had actually a surprising amount of economy... And multiple reducers and all sorts and ambush deck because of course it's Targaryen. So even if he didn't have the money, he had like two other buildings that for some reason could kneel and bring shit in for free. Mm. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Only problem was it lost every single game. But <laughs> apart from that, it was fantastic. Like, it would have been excellent in, on any other day if there wasn't so many other amazing decks that day as well. We really got that as a group, as all the players there. I think every single person had built a decent deck. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they were all solid. <laughs> I don't think any because I always went up and I was like, yeah, this is a good deck. And then you looked at theirs and it's like, well, oh, this is really bloody good as well. Mm. Some of them were basically fully functioning first edition decks, but we had one ofs like Rones. Yeah. Rones is just like his deck he's been playing for the last year. Some of them yeah. were just like solid banner ones, like mine, where I just drafted good cards from two houses. Um, mm. Yeah, it was really cool, and some of them were like really janky decks. Like, uh, I say janky, but like you know, uh, Wex's was like a quite an aggro-y deck with some nice combos <laughs> in there. Um, it was just really cool. Oh, and uh, Josh drafted Quentin somehow, like a Quentin <laughs> deck, like a fully functioning <laughs> Quentin deck <laughs> uh, with summoned by the Conclave. <laughs> he beat me with the Quentin deck. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, that was that was silly. <laughs> Mage's deck, and I, Mage's deck consisted of giving everything renown. And doing multiple challenges without them kneeling and using Vigilant and shit like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, was a fully fool. functioning Baratheon rush deck. Mage was a fool because he announced what agenda he had before we started to draft. Uh, oh. And so everyone in his pod was just like, well, we're not going to give him the really efficient Baratheon cards. And just yeah. hate drafted them. Which probably cut was- us out a bit because I ended up with like five or six good Baratheon cards. But, uh... It was but probably he- worth it just to stop Mage because if Noble Cause has gone left unchecked... Bad things happen. It would have destroyed you. 
who would make wins all those games in less than three minutes. Like, what? <laughs> but in the end, uh, um, yeah. And the reason, of course, that is good in this format, unlike normal constructed first edition, is that there's only two copies of Valamorgulis in the card pool. So only with 12 players, there will be exactly two copies, but only two split between the 12. And, I mean, somebody might get both if they're really lucky. Um, but, yeah, so Rush is a lot more viable than it is, or than it used to be. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, anything more on Highlander Draft, or do you want me to talk about my... Uh, my experiences with it. No, no, it was genuinely a uh, good day. Connie beat me very nicely as well. Yeah. That was a very polite game. <laughs> um, I've, not, I've not played Connie in a uh, in a joust. I've only played her in a melee, but that was fun. Traditional first time I ever met her. Really friendly. They're like oh, the yeah. really friendly Europeans. Oh, the Dutch are the friendliest matter in Europe. And ha- they're always really happy as well. Like no matter what's going on, they're just like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Come to Holland. Love a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just uh, jolly people. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, that. And I basically, I don't know how. I was really excited about my deck going in. And I was so happy about it. And then it just got stomped on. And I was like, oh. oh that's a shame. Um, I got Valeria out first round in my first game. I remember Bambi was just like, what? <laughs> this? <laughs> but you didn't capitalise on it. I almost, no, he killed him quite quick. Uh, he had... Um, it was. It was. The, was it Tears of Lease? Yeah, you got me with Tears of there Lease. There is a Tears of Lease in the uh, in the draft pool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure though, he got me with something along those lines. Yeah. He like just. Oh, I think he might have. Yeah, I think he Tears of Lease me. Shit. That's a cheeky one. That is a cheeky one in first edition. You don't expect that. I'm pretty that. sure. <laughs> that's what. That's what I remember looking at the time ago. What? And the, the thing is, I knew I'd not seen it very often, and then all of a sudden I knew exactly. Was he? Oh. It's because it's it's not in. It's not a first edition card. It's a it's a draft only first edition card, but you get it from the draft packs. Um, so you would never have seen it in a first edition tournament, unless you were playing draft. But obviously, I picked one up in a draft and put it in the pool because you know it's an awesome card. Uh, so that's why you you wouldn't have been expecting it because it didn't really exist. Yeah, one. I, oh, I really hope it was Bambi that used it on me now because I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I just remember my Valerian dying and me being, although greatly upset about it, was slightly impressed and just went. Uh, Fair enough. You poisoned a dragon. <laughs> you can't argue with that. It's yeah. one of those things where it's like, well, that makes sense. Um, I'll march him over to the dead pile. He was fun <laughs> while he lasted because he knelt all your characters for a round. <laughs> so, um, for me, once again, the draft, uh, the draft followed the precedent set by the draft, the joust of you know. Last year, I won the joust with Martel. This year, I won the joust with Martel. This year, I started drafting and I was given bloodthirst the Martel agenda and I thought oh for fuck's sake that's really difficult to draft for in this format you really need to see like all the Martel control events and the Red Viper and if you're lucky you might be able to build a functioning deck last year I could have given it a good go this year wasn't going to happen um, but I picked up some really strong Martel cards and some really strong Targ cards straight away I got uh, Jumping Drogo the Scourge uh, Dark Star was quite an early one uh, that kind of thing which was great uh, and then the real funny drafting moment was when I uh, picked up my last pack and I was just like oh Venomous Blade that's a really good card and I'm playing Martel I might take Venomous Blade and then like two cards later I see oh that's another really broken restricted card I might take that I think it was like Pentoshi Manor no it wasn't Pentoshi Manor I already had that um, some sort of broken restricted card uh, I, was like, I might take that and I flipped through and the last card in my last pack was the Red Viper I was just like yeah 
<laughs> I'll have him. <laughs> and so when he gets past the pack and he's like, I know you're drafting Martell and there's a venomous blade in here. What did you take? And I just smiled at him and he goes, Yep, got it. <laughs> what what card is better than Venomous Blade? <laughs> yeah. You got him. He's like, fair enough, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, my success in drafting banter cards did not transform <laughs> into a success in playing games. I lost to Crocodile Hammers. No, I won against Crocodile Hammers. I lost to uh, Josh. Um, I military to put his Quentin on his house card, which, you know, of all the people I should know better than that. I've played Quentin a few times. And I had taken captive, so if I got to the next round, I'd been able to steal him for a round and put it off again. Uh, but apparently I'm bad at Thrones, so there you go. <laughs> Um, I lost against oh who else oh uh, Vince and we'll go through that game but it was really was uh, justice for my victory over him in Nationals last year it was it was spectacular game super close um, and my other game was against uh, Wex and we go over that as well and once again some really really funny plays the thing about the draft pool is that all the decks are broken or a lot of the decks are broken and they all that just kind of counterbalances out. All the cards are powerful. All the cards are fun, and it's just really, really great fun. Um, would you play it again, Peel? I mean, you played it before, but you didn't really experience it the first time. Because I think, to be honest, Dave, at this <laughs> point, um, my biggest regret is not playing Targaryen more in first edition. Oh, really? Because although I got battered um, and I lost all four of my games, I really, really enjoyed their concept. Oh no! Like, everything about them was just like this is amazing. This is incredible. I can ambush him in. Oh, this is awesome. I've got dragons. Oh, this is brilliant. And just like, what shall I do? Flood the board with high cost shit? How will I do it with Targaryen and dragons? It was just, oh, they're all good. They all have synergy and you can get daggers and, oh. Yeah. It worked. So what, you need, I'm to, upset. what you need to play now, of course, is a Targaryen Banner to the Lion. So you can hey, have, have the burn Agro's and all the, ag- all the ambush. I literally had Aggro's bow. <laughs> I know. It was so funny. Oh, <laughs> I had Agos. Oh, my deck. favourite like, attachment. This is the best thing in the world. I've got Agos bow. I got, you know, Valerian the Black. Oh, and at what one point you had you had Agos bow and you had Irian G key as well, didn't you? I did Irian oh. G key. I had both Irian uh, and G. And an Aegon's oh. blade for me. And Aegon's blade was in fact on there. Yeah. Oh, um, that's just solid. That all seems yeah. very, that that kind of lineup all seems very familiar to me. It um, seems. Like, like I've heard that kind of phrase before. I feel like that kind of phrase is something we need in this life. Yeah, we need more of Ago's bow. Yeah, let's get Ago's bow on the go. Okay, right, got it. Um, but yeah, uh, Hamas has suggested that we play draft more often in the village, and I'm totally mm-hmm. down with that because I know Secondary Dave feels like he didn't play enough First Edition when we had the cards out, and now they're all away. Yeah. Um, so draft is the best way of doing that because I don't have to get all the cards out of the binders and have to sleeve them. It's... They're already sleeved. You just spend you spend 45 minutes drafting decks and it's always different and it's always fun. Um, mm. And then you just play against each other, do a round robin, and jobs are good. And it can a fit up to 12 people. Draft so would be an epic night in because you could just literally have a six man draft yeah. uh, at the start of the night, set yourself up a load of beers in the fridge, yeah. some whiskeys for later, a bit Five. of Bailey's before you start. Yeah. That's a night in in front of the the fire. Yeah, five games, play everyone. Even four men, yeah. you know, uh, like a weeknight evening, you know. Just yeah, a four man could work. Three games in a draft. Yeah, works for me. The six man would work quite nicely because then you'd get like the top kind of uh, you get proper ranking, so you could do playing for first and second. Yeah. 
playing for like fifth or sixth, and you can do it that way. Yeah. So they can jump up at the last minute. That's good. Um, yeah, I really like draft. So uh, hopefully we get to play a bit more because this is the first time we've played it since uh, yeah. since last year's Paramount Invitational. Uh, at Nationals this year, I don't know if people are aware, but the Star Wars is on the Friday and the Thrones is on the Sunday, which leaves me with basically nothing to do on the Saturday. If people want, I'm happy to bring the draft set and find another 11 players and play four or five rounds of that. So if people want to do that, let me know. Um, but, aside from that, Peel, I'm just about ready to jump into our interviews. Is there anything else you want to add before uh, I tell you to fuck off and bring on some guests? <laughs> Who's first? Okay, I'm now joined by uh, Keb. Some of you may remember Keb from whenever she last came on a few episodes ago. Um, how was your weekend? Well, in terms of playing cards, it was dog shite. Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, lost my first three games and won my last game in the Swiss. It was still enough for me to make the cut, which is handy. Yeah. Um, but then I lost to Dave, in fact. Yes, you did. Sorry. Oh, no, fine. Um, but the, um, obviously, I didn't really go because I'm good at cards. I went because I don't miss a chance for a piss-up. <laughs> yeah. And what a piss-up it was. It, it was. And you only made 50% of the piss-up, didn't you? Because you arrived on a... On the Saturday morning, yeah. yeah. It was a really good stead to survive the night. Um, you know, the Saturday night. Although I did have an allergic reaction to the horse. The horse? Uh, you know, I went out and there's a horse in a field next to where we were playing the game because... Oh, I remember England. the <laughs> I remember the horse being rustled. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the gate was open. And I was like, shit, the horse is gone. <laughs> it was okay, the horse was fine. It had a mum with it, it was fine. But I went and touched the horse for a bit because I thought that you grow out of allergies. Yeah. Like, I thought that every seven years you grow out of your allergies or something, but it's not true. Absolutely terrible allergic reaction. Wedge had to take me back to... Dave's house where Dave's mum lived I was quite drunk at the time um, she asked me what I was doing and I said don't worry we're just back to pop some mollies <laughs> <laughs> it was only when I left that which was like you didn't tell her we weren't popping mollies and I was like oh <laughs> she doesn't care she didn't care at all she was like okay <laughs> so just some antihistamines but um, and then obviously a fantastic night at uh, the three old cocks oh no it's the other round it's the old three cocks it is yeah <laughs> So, um, well, the highlight of that, I think, was Jack Mache selling his body for music. <laughs> like the cheapest whore. <laughs> it was amazing. So we were, we were dancing to the jukebox, or some people were dancing, some people were not dancing. And the thing you said, is it someone called, a, a patron called Joe? It, it was Joe that got involved, yeah. So she was admiring. Jack's dancing shirtless and I believe trouserless uh, I think at that point he was trouserless yeah he still had his uh, pants on yep 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 uh, nice orange paramour pants <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he, he was on a team with Hines and Rowan yeah he puts <laughs> his jeans back on and he puts his shirt back on and you get this oh from the bar as Joe's been watching quite intently and she says keep dancing keep dancing at this point we had no credits left in the uh, in the jukebox so Jack goes, well, I would dance, but I have nothing to dance to. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> and there was, oh, And then, so Joe comes over and puts, like, I don't know, how much money do you need to put in to get ten music credits? Uh, like three quid? Well, that's how much she 
invested in getting Jack naked again. <laughs> she said, oh, okay then, quick as a flash, came over, put the money in, put on a hay big spender, and Jack stripped he, and danced. <laughs> and the night continued. Well, um, it was... It, I've never seen anything so bizarre in my life. It was literal prostitution happening in front of my very eyes. And oh yeah, I was incredibly impressed. And there was, a, there was a chap there. You've probably heard of Tractor Pete if you listen to this podcast, right? You've mentioned him before. Oh, yeah, we have, yeah. Tractor Pete is a permanent fixture in the Cox. I don't know when he was installed there, but hes I've never been to the Cox without this man being there. Ugh. Yeah, he's a very strange man. Like, the very first time I met him, he asked me if I was a stripper. <laughs> so I don't know what earth goes down normally at the old three cocks, but my God. He, he um, tried to get a stripper time. in on Wednesday, but uh, the landlord wasn't having it, so the stripper got turned away when she arrived. Oh, my God. I remember he was trying to get us all to go to a nightclub decades. Yeah, like an 80s bar. He went, apparently. <laughs> he yeah, went so, himself. Uh, when I, I went home to get... Um, uh, a friend a jacket and uh, pick up some booze and as I kept, went back through past the cocks I saw him get in a taxi and go and I saw him yesterday and he said yep he, he did go to decades uh, and he had a lovely time I don't care what anyone says I love Tractor Pete I think he's <laughs> hilarious I think he's absolutely broken <laughs> do you remember that time he came round Secretary Dave's house eating a can of cold beans and then he left them in the toilet yeah that was my birthday yeah <laughs> <laughs> what okay so he was there, and he approached me, and I was there, and um, the uh, Connie is Dutch. Mm. And he said to me, oh, are you, are you the foreign girl? And so I went, uh, Wedge was standing right next to me, and I go, uh, yes, I'm from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete, like, I'm doing this stupid, like, accent, right? Yeah. I'm from Sweden. And... Um, he goes, really? Really? Yeah, yeah. He goes, you're not into farming, are you? So, <laughs> I go, yes, we have a reindeer farm for the meatballs. <laughs> and he goes, that's unbelievable. You're not looking to buy any farm machinery, are you? <laughs> <laughs> of course we don't. So I go, yes, I come to England to buy a tractor. <laughs> anyway, I don't believe it. I've got a Massey Ferguson and I just lose it. <laughs> and then this slow, sad realisation comes over Pete's face and he went, you're having me on, aren't you? <laughs> they put you up to this. <laughs> oh, poor Pete. That's brilliant. I, thought, I, thought, I only heard half of this story. I only heard the Swedish part. I didn't realise he tried to tell you a tractor. <laughs> yeah, he literally, like... Oh, yeah, so are you into farming? And I, I can't believe this is happening. So I felt really guilty. So I had a chat with him, and he's all right. And that's when he said, if I go to Decades, will you come? And I was like, Pete, I will come with you to Decades. And I, I didn't go to Decades because, well, you, you, you convinced me that that's not a good idea. I literally put my foot down. You did? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not having it. I'm putting my foot down. Stamp. We're not going to Decades. That's oh. not appropriate for today. Another night, everyone can come up and we'll, we'll go to Decades, and that can be a thing. Uh, but a drunken taxi to Decades with Tractor Pete the night before uh, a draft was it was not appropriate. See, so I didn't take part in the draft either, so I was happy because I had to go back to my brother's 21st. 
So I knew I could do anything all night, no matter what time I went to bed, it'd be absolutely fine, no problem at all. And uh, so we go back to secondary days, we decided to have a proper night. I didn't know, uh, is it a, a Malister? A Malister, yeah. Oh, Malister. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, Josh was going, oh, I'm going to go have another one. I'm like, oh, do me one, mate. And he, he, I didn't know they came in pints. Uh, they, they do when uh, you've already had one. Yeah. <laughs> when I woke up, I, I went to bed about five. Um, I uh, woke up and I had a big red streak across my face. <laughs> And at first I thought, like, oh, my God, the allergies, like, I've really come out in hives or something. But after a bit of scrubbing, it washed off because I just managed to splash this stuff all down me mm. and it stained my skin. Oh, wow. The bright red, right? That's a, that's a manister. Yes, it is, yeah. The bright red one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're amazing. I felt like my teeth were actually rotting out of my head. I love them. But, yeah, we had a bit of an intense night in the end. Um at sort of five o'clock, the sun was already up and there's a big cow field behind Secondary's house because England. And so I was just out there at five o'clock in the morning by myself having a cup of tea with Rowan asleep in the conservatory. <laughs> it's really nice. The only problem is, at, uh, I think it was like half nine in the morning after I went to bed, Rowan shook me awake. Like, well, you have to wake up the draft. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing it, mate. But I still had to lay there because I was in the living room while Vince and uh, Rowan had breakfast. <laughs> Who did the washing up? Vince. Oh, so lovely of him. Yeah, yeah, he was really insistent that he was going to do it. Um, I just left and went to it on the floor when I left, but... Yeah, when um, when I spoke to Dave later that day, he was just like, oh, thanks for doing the washing up. I was like, what? I didn't do your fucking washing up. Oh, apparently he told <laughs> Vince to do it, and Vince took that to heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so nice of him. Oh, nicest man in Thrones, Vince is. He really is. He's lovely. Okay. Oh. So that was my experience. I thought it was fantastic. I would do it again. There's lots of red kites if you're into birds of prey uh, around. So, yeah. All right, now I'm joined by Mach. Mach, how are you? What did you I'm, play? How was your weekend? I'm very well, thank you. I'm still a little tired from the weekend, but it was absolutely fantastic. I played Martel Crossing at the weekend in the Joust. And in Highlander Draft, I played... My favourite first edition house and playstyle, which was Baratheon Rush. Uh, it was I was given the Baratheon Rush agenda and made the mistake of before the draft telling everyone that I had my favourite house and my favourite playstyle, and everyone hate drafted me yes, in did. in the pod, which was bad because then I went zero uh, and three in the Highlander draft and only ma- just managed to pull a win back against Peel at the end. Well, you finished at a very respectable ninth out of 12, um, yes. which was better than everyone from Brigstock who finished at 12. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a bad day at the Jabs, which was a shame because I'd done all right the day before, and I thought, you know, I might just be able to sneak my name onto that plaque. And then everything went really badly wrong in the... <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, in the draft, so I didn't. Uh, the day before, yeah, I played a Martel Crossing that I'd built the week before. I hadn't played it because I flaked out on going to our regular uh, play session on Wednesdays in Manchester. And I, yeah, so I wasn't, I was going in really being happy to win one game. And then kind of accidentally made the final. Accidentally? Accidentally, yeah. I like, I just kind of played as best as I could with the cards in my hand at that time and 
somehow was winning, kept winning games until I played Wedge and then won some more games and then I played you. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, but it was quite nice. I'd never reached the final of a uh, tournament before, so it was it was a you know uh, a nice first time to reach the final for a, a really really great tournament. Like just so many cool people, all just there for the love of thrones. Okay. Do you have any highlights from uh, your deck or your day in particular? Uh, yes, the highlight of my day uh, was playing Peel. In the joust. And uh, I got to the point where he had just Balon and Marger on the board. And I was just ready to march one of them and hopefully kill the next one in the challenges phase. And then he made the mistake of saying really loudly, Oh, I need gold now, as he was picking a plot. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's a stupid thing to say because I'm running naval. (laughs) So I, uh, I changed my plot. Uh, to naval and he tradings and I'm like well well that's not happening uh, so I get lots of gold he's got no gold and then he kills Marjorie for clay but by this point he's still got hope that he might be able to kind of pull the game back so he he's just got Balm on the board and he flips into Rise of the Kraken and thinks he can get like four or five power from this challenge but I just march Balon uh, and with the two gold that he's got he puts out Wendemere I'm like, well, I'll put the uh, imprisoned on you. Is it imprisoned or is it condemned? Whichever uh, one takes the power icon. I think, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Peel was doing nothing after he, after he told me he was going to go for a gold plot and then... Uh, <laughs> cool. That's so sad. <laughs> it, is, it is sad, yeah, but I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I, I also really enjoyed my game against Josh. I yeah. felt like... I, I, it was a game I, I didn't really want to win that much because Josh's deck was so fun and innovative and just doing something completely different to what everyone else is doing with the game at the minute. Josh is playing big characters, which is what all anyone does. Yeah, but he was just playing just big characters. He wasn't <laughs> going for like uh, a three-card setup with Tywin, a one-cost card, and a Rose Road. He was just going all big characters all the time and doing it in a... <laughs> really fun and interesting way and I thought if one of us wants, deserves to make the final it's probably him and then I felt like even though I did really want Josh to win I played out of my skin and managed to get to the final anyway and I was really happy with how I played in that game because Josh is you know he's a reasonably famous player now he is he's a celeb we had one last week yes uh, he got celebrity so taking scalps <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then yeah, just it was just the best, uh, the best time throughout. Uh, what, what else? The pub was amazing both nights. Lo- loved it in the three cocks. Uh, certainly made a bit of a name for yourself in the pub. I, I may well have made it made a name for myself in the pub. That's that's my aim when I go in most pubs. Like, can we can we get a story out of this one? And the answer is yes. Would you like to tell that story? Yeah, I paid £6.50 for a double gin and tonic. That's not the story. That's the story. That's, <laughs> that's a real lot of money for a double gin and tonic. It is. And the pub's not too badly priced, but uh, yeah. that was a strange one. It wasn't even slimline. Well, 
then you're getting more calories for your money, and that's a good thing, right? <laughs> no, because then you get all bloated, and when you accidentally perform a striptease in the pub later on, now uh, that's the story. You look... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you get to the point in the evening where Prince is on the jukebox, and you're just having a dance, and then you've taken all your clothes off because that Prince is on. Uh, and yeah, so by the time was, we were back on, Big Spender came on. Yeah, that. Uh, so I was like, yeah. Well, you know, by the time Big Spender's on, it's like, well, clearly someone's put this on for a reason. They obviously, they obviously want to see me in my underwear again, and I was, yeah, more than happy to oblige. <laughs> yeah. So after the pub shut, despite protestations to, for them to keep it open a little bit longer. We went to Section of Dave's house, which was nice. I was drinking Manisters, which were very strong and very sweet. I don't usually like Manisters, but they were going down a treat in the early hours of Saturday morning. Good, good. They normally go down a treat, I find. Yeah. And did you did you keep all your clothes on at Dave's house? Absolutely not, no. Uh, we got to, I think it was about half past four, quarter to five when we... Uh, finished in Dave's house or we went yeah the sun's coming up maybe we should go back to your house Bamford let's let's wander back across the uh, across the village but yeah you know had YouTube on put some more prints on had a bit more of a dance in my underwear <laughs> that was a group underwear dance though that it wasn't just me then I managed to rope some co-conspirators in <laughs> that's good I'm glad you weren't alone uh yeah it was uh it, it was a really great weekend. Uh, another highlight were your mum's bacon sandwiches. They were delicious and entirely necessary on both mornings when I woke up and thought, I think I'm actually dead. Like, <laughs> well, when I first woke up both times, I thought, how can I play Thrones today? I don't even think I can sit up. Uh, and the bacon sandwiches and the coffee really just set me right for the day. Saturday morning was painful i haven't been that hungover in a long time that friday was intense there's no other two ways about it that was that was a heavy night yeah (laughs) i feel like i got through saturday morning thanks to my uh, entrance into the during the big wrestler entrance business i thought you know i did a big stone cold drink of the can that kind of i was covered in beer for the rest of the day but i think that just kind of topped me back up again to a, a reasonable level yeah. to get through the Swiss. Yeah, so uh, the wrestling themes were definitely a good idea. So oh, yeah. That. It was Josh, not me. I oh, just... Uh, yeah, Josh. I think it was Josh. Uh, yeah, I just made a few choice suggestions for people's songs. And you did the announcing, of course. And, yeah, I got to shout a bit, which is another... Sh- shouting, showing off is... Uh, in, a, in a friendly environment is, is, is my jam. You should be a TO. I do that all the time. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, but you have to do things like maths, and you don't get to play, which well, is... Tome does the maths for you, except at the Paramore Invitational, where <laughs> uh, I had forgotten to install Java, so I couldn't use Tawny Magistrate, and Ooh. didn't have any internet. So, yes, at the Paramore Invitational, I had to do maths, which was sad. But luckily, Heinz was there, and uh, Heinz knows how to pair things. Yes. Heinz was top banter, actually. I was, uh, you know, I don't think we can... I was concerned about an, an outsider, a Canadian coming in. A new person. Yeah. A new person who, who I didn't really know. But no, it was top bounced from like the moment that I picked him up from the pub on Friday night and drove 
down to Brigstock, it was uh, it was top top bounce. And you know, as I wrote on the playmat forum, he's my uh, second favorite host of my second favorite podcast. Ah, uh, is your favorite host Glazer? Ah, uh, no, Dark Nudge. Uh, uh, I really, sure. I really like Dark Nudge. No, no, I mean, I mean, is he is Glazer your favorite host of your favorite podcast? No, that's you, obviously. Yay! Hey. <laughs> <Suck> it, Craven. <laughs> It's not really, it's Peel. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, Peel just, you know, he brings real insight about the game, which is what I enjoy. Yeah, and he just gets us, you know? <laughs> just gets oh. Alright, well, if uh, you've got anything else to add, let's hear it, otherwise uh, I'll move on to the next person in the queue. Uh, no, that's. Uh, I think that's all I've got to say. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. No problem, mate, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, we'll see you very soon. Cheers. Okay, bye. Shortly after this recording, I was reliably informed by Mature's girlfriend that the entirety of that interview was conducted whilst Mature was in his nothing but his uh, pants. So, thank you, Mature, for staying true to form. All right, next up we have Sam Wilson. Sam, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? You've not been on before. Hi there. Yeah, um, my name's Sam. Obviously, I've played this kind of competitively for about two and a half years, maybe around that time. Um, not very well known in the circuits because I'm always in the middle, sort of middle rungs. Mm-hmm. That's right, really. You've you um, had some good innings. You were doing pretty well at Blackwater until it all fell apart <laughs> last week. Yeah, but I dropped because I'm <laughs> book trains, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a surprise. But then I was winning Lannister, so what do you expect? Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Try hard. <laughs> yeah, no, right. I'm not normally known for that. <laughs> What are you? Uh, what were you playing this weekend? I played uh, Martel Dragon. Uh, it was between that or the Lannister uh, stag that I played at uh, Blackwater. So I thought I'd give the other one a go, see how that one fares. Because I thought that one would be the best one of the two, but maybe not. On the way it came out on the actual day, I went two for two. Um, it was a good deck. I mean, it was not built very well because it was a first draft. Um, it was mainly just the sort of control icons sort of as you expect really using Miri go fast go second sure sure you using yeah. the icon control to push her through Makes sense. yeah yeah it's a very simple idea but very poorly executed in the end <laughs> fair enough uh, it's a great tournament um, played against Rowan he had a there was a lot of Tyrell a lot more Tyrell than I expected yeah that was kind of strange yeah, I don't know, maybe because it had um gift from the Arbor, and we all know how much we love that. <laughs> this is true. And, uh, yeah, I played Rowan's weird, um, what was it, Tyrell Stag? Heavy reset, well, I say heavy reset, it was heavy reset for me. I think, I think that's right, I think he was running Tyrell Stag. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, and then there was uh, Vince playing, I think, Tyrell Kraken, using uh, the House Fluent Knights, and... I don't even know what the plot was. It was the basically comes back into play. Reinforcements. It was really unexpected, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic tournament. I mean, I went two and two, still made the cut, which was very good. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, knocked out in the top eight by Bambi, uh, which was a shame. Um, yeah. It was a very interesting intro. Um, not seen that before. In any sort of tournament. No? No. Um, yeah, so when we all had to come in and do a theme, 
in the sort of do a wrestling entrance. I don't really watch wrestling, so I struggled to think of anything to come up with. So the only thing I could think of was to strip off, which wasn't very creative. <laughs> hey, but at least you got to do it before Mage did, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, getting there and uh, not making ass myself. <laughs> did you enjoy your uh, theme music? What was it? I didn't really, I didn't really hear what it was because I was so embarrassed. It was, um, it was a song written by a friend of mine called <laughs> "Sunday Party" about uh-huh. the wonderfulness of drinking in the old Three Cocks on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to tell you, that place is magical. <laughs> the whole area, I don't, it's, I'm sure people have told you before, it's like hot fuzz. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said that to me on the Saturday. <laughs> it's and, just like. You go in, everyone's scowling at you. They don't know who you are. It's great. <laughs> Very picturesque. So, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining us, Sam. No worries. Pleasure to be on here. Yeah, and I'll see you soon. Privilege, hopefully. even. Privilege, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, now we're joined by Wex, who's not joined us before. So, um, do you want to introduce yourself, Wex? Tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself. Um, my name's Callum. You may call me Wex. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... I'm from the Borough Meta. I've not done a lot of note in regards to Thrones other than win a Spring Kit tournament once. Solid. But I do enjoy the game. It just doesn't enjoy me, I think. Tell us about your weekend. Uh, what did you play? Who did you... Don't, don't tell us who you, everyone you played, but give us some highlights uh, and give us some... highlights of the weekend. Go. Um, On the Saturday, I played... My deck that I stole back off Josh after he um, unfortunately had was forced to run it the week before at a little tournament in London. Um, I had a lovely time. I think I did very badly with it. I can't actually quite remember because I spent most of the day asleep on the floor of a woman's institution. <laughs> woman's institute. This is true. And why were you asleep on the floor? Um, because... For some reason, I managed to spend almost an entire week's wages in the old Three Cocks Inn <laughs> the night before and got horrendously dirtily drunk. Um, it was a good I, night, though. It, it was it was such a good night. Uh, well, the bits that I remember. Sorry, my highlight from Saturday was actually probably being offered a Doge pillow by Connie because that made that floor so much more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Highlights from Friday night, um, probably having an argument with Topknot about... Having an argument with a man with a nickname about me having a nickname. <laughs> um, but then Saturday we made up and it was lovely and he's a very nice man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then on the Sunday, obviously the main event, because draft is the funnest game, I ended up... I was randomly given the House of Dreams agenda, which was a dream come true. And against my wishes of trying to get a House of Dreams Iron Wind, I ended up playing House of Dreams Aegon's Hill. Um, but I still managed to have my warship module of Maiden's Bane, Iron Wind, a scouting vessel and Thunderer. And it was all worth paying four gold each for each of them locations. <laughs> it definitely was. It was. Um, even though Maiden's Bane did so little, and I don't, and I think I triggered, I triggered Iron Wind, probably twice, and the best time triggering it was against you when I got Windermere, Windermere into play to save my Victorian dying from your prized Daenerys. <laughs> 
I remember it well. Um, yeah. I thought it was going so well. I thought, you know, you had a good start, but uh, I can turn this around. I've got Daenerys now. Yep, this is going to go fine. Uh, and, then, and then Victorian stayed alive, so I lost most of my board. But then I flipped to the Spears, and uh, and I had Daenerys and the Viper and someone else. And the same turn I flipped negotiations, so you had a full hand as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and so, you know, I thought, you know what, I can get back into this. So I, I trigger my Daenerys to kill um, uh, Victorian, and you save him with Windermere. And then I trigger my Daenerys on the second challenge. And what happens then? Um, I'm not to influence and put a Blood Rider into play to cancel it. Yeah, yeah. That was really um, sad. And then you three claim military me to kill the Daenerys and the Viper. Which was very lovely because the next turn I drew into Rhaenys' Hill. <laughs> yes, you did. And played another claim two plot because I had three of them. <laughs> and so I think you... it... <laughs> I think that it... The first time in my throne's career, the world was my oyster. <laughs> <laughs> it was glorious. You're just like, there is no way I could possibly play this turn wrong. Um, <laughs> what, what did you have? You had obviously Danny and the Viper. Um, my I Stannis. had Stannis. Yeah. Um, Anyone else good? Oh, Drogo. My drum, jumping Drogo that you had picked. I mean, he's not that great in that kind of situation. But um, he was good for me. He had a bit of stealth that forced through that three claim challenge to wipe my board again and then obviously on the stuff that i already had in play from mine was a the claim raised victorian um a, a dothraki outrider and Wendemere was pretty much the most impressive of that mm. i did that game i did do something fantastic though on, um, on my aftermath turn oh yeah yeah um that was a that was 10 gold well spent on a drogo's horde drogo's hard and a Dragon Chaser. Dragon Chaser, which immediately got discarded from Aftermath. Yeah, yeah, on your own Aftermath turn. Well, you know, it was, I was just rubbing it in. It, yeah, it was clearly for the banter. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was overall an extremely enjoyable weekend. Good. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. Brigstock is a lovely place. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if your uh, comments from earlier make it into the final cut of the show. <laughs> Welcome to the village of Brexit. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, well, thank you for joining us, Wex, and uh, we'll catch you later. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. All right, now I'm joined by uh, Top Knot Mike, who unfortunately didn't play this weekend, but uh, is here to give his perspective from an outsider uh, about the Thrones Tournament at Large. Top Knot Mike, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Top Knot Mike. Real name is Chris. Um... Yeah, so I've never played Thrones, never been to a tournament or anything, but I sort of I knew Dave Whittle and everybody through the village. I work at the Cox as well, and then everyone was there Friday and just sort of ended up tagging along for the rest of the weekend and experiencing many things I wish I'd never experienced. <laughs> Mainly mate stripping to Big Spender, but irrelevant. <laughs> but no, so I thought it was interesting, not having any experience of seeing what it was like and then meeting about 14 people who I'd never met before bar like two of you well three and then I don't know which is really cool I spent 95% of the weekend pissed which probably helped the case as well I mean I was working in between but I don't know it helped in a way like everyone being on beer for like 
three days straight near enough. It probably a really bad idea for some of us, especially Wex, because he got really like agitated on the first night. And Wex had a bit of like a firm talking, <laughs> um, but then after that, like we shook hands and kissed and cuddled, and then we were fine. So, so why why did you and Wex have a bit of a falling out? Because that was a bit of a weird one to us, uh, and we didn't we didn't really understand until we finally got like the whole conversation out of one of you on like the Sunday. Yeah. Um, basically, it was just down to I didn't really understand why I was called Wex, and he just it was like getting his real name. I was like bleeding blood out of a stone because I introduced, everyone introduced me as Top Knot Mike. Then I went over and introduced myself as Chris, and then he stalked himself Wex and for some reason like being in a pissed state on Friday night that just agitated me majorly and I think it agitated him that I was agitated over his nickname and then we just ended up having like a half an hour conversation like it wasn't even a conversation it was like a debate about his nickname (laughs) um (laughs) and then it wasn't until the Sunday afternoon where Wex Pike's card was on the table and it was like come over you need to look at this and then I could clearly see why he was called Wex but it was like up until then it was just like fuck why is he called Wex like it <laughs> didn't ever make sense to me until I saw the card and now I just completely agree with it like it just makes sense now I suppose in a way um but yeah I think Wex was like the only person I had like a little bit of a not a problem with it was just like we had a little bit of a confrontational moment and then after that that was it but it was like one person out of 14 well that's not bad that's a good ratio certainly better than some of the other uh, other experiences we've had at the Cox um so by uh, about 2am on Sunday, after you had been, well on Saturday, after you'd been equated with Matches dancing at the Cox, uh, a revelation came out uh, that you wanted to come to Starlek even though you don't like Thrones and had never played before. Yeah, well it's not so much I don't like Thrones, it's the fact I'd never seen the game being played, and just never really, I'd never thought it'd be that interesting to watch, but it actually is. Like, I was getting into it come like Saturday afternoon before I had to go off to work. I was like, shit, this is actually really cool. I, I wouldn't mind learning how to play. But I don't know, yeah, Starlike, obviously, you're all going. And I'm assuming it's just going to be like this weekend was just a hundred times more reckless and a lot better because it's in a different country. And I can get away with more stuff, basically. I <laughs> can <laughs> get away with drinking more and doing sillier things. Starlock is very similar to A Night at the Cox, except for Dave doesn't get angry at you when you're when he's trying to sleep, because at Starlock, Dave doesn't have work in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's the only problem. Dave showed his face, like, once over the entire weekend, and everyone kept going back to his. And I can imagine that really pissed him off because of having work the following mornings. And I think on a Saturday night, Sunday morning somebody didn't leave his house like half three four o'clock and he had to be up for like seven for work horrible i couldn't imagine anything worse but fair play i think he's used to it by now anyway i think everyone just ends up going back to his at the end of the night it's the pretty pretty generic uh weekend in brigstock it's do something cox dave's house yeah all right well uh cheers for joining us top knot mike uh do you have any uh, last thoughts before i kick you out and get the next guest on Mainly, I just want to learn how to play Thrones, just because it looks really interesting. Um, aside from that, thank you very much for having me. That's what we like to hear. Thank you for coming on, Mike. Or Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm joined by Rowan. Rowan, how was your weekend? Hi, Dave. Uh, it was great, thanks. Yeah, it was a real blast. 
out in darkest Northamptonshire. Uh, always a place I nice, like to visit. Um, well, tell yeah, us about just, your weekend, basically. You, you tell yeah, me. I will. Um, so, uh, rocked up on Friday, came up from London with Vince on the train. That was nice. And Dave picked us up from the station and then secondary, that is. And then, uh, we, yeah, came and met you guys in the pub and had drinks on that. And I got, uh, slightly overindulged, I guess. <laughs> um, may have besmirched secondary Dave's garden slightly. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> yeah. In my defence, I was get, I was trying to escape from Tractor Pete. That's how I ended up there. But anyway. That that's always a good thing to do. Try and escape from Tractor Pete. He was in yeah. the pub yesterday, and he's got himself a, a white shirt with red writing on it that just says tractors, tractors, tractors. Um, <laughs> and he's very keen to show it off. So I didn't stay very long. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, we can skip most of that story. I think. Um, <laughs> On the Saturday, we played Joust, and I was playing a deck that Reese had lent me um, in his absence, which is a Tyrol Banner of the Stag, all the resets deck, he calls it. So okay. it has three Varys, two Wildfire, and first Nerve Winter. Two Varys, uh, two Wildfire? Yeah, two Wildfire. Nice. Um, I think two Wildfire was good for the deck, so was three Varys. I don't think first Snow was. The curve doesn't quite work with it, and so many decks are have just better first snow game now, like Lannister and Martell and everybody else. So, um, but yeah, it was kind of fun. It's like the way he described it is it's high on the resets, low on the win conditions, um, which is fairly accurate. You don't, <laughs> the games I won were just because I varied early and they didn't have an answer and then they had no board for the rest of the game. So sure. I just won and I lost a lot of games because either Varys died or didn't come along soon enough. Basically like all Varys decks at the moment. Um, if you're building around Varys and he doesn't work, then you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see how Reese had built it. Um, it had three much and more and three bearing the maiden fair, which was nice. But yeah, it wasn't that good in the end. Um, but I made the, I made the cut, of course, so that was nice. Uh, what seed were you going into the cut, do you know? Uh, I believe I was fourth or fifth from bottom. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure exactly. And then I won my first game of the cut as well, so I made the top eight. You were 11th, yes. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, poor poor old Crocodile was on the receiving end of a first-turn Varys and was sad. Yeah. Um, and then I got spanked in the top eight by... I can't even remember. Somebody spanked me in the top eight. Um, Let's find out. It was Josh. Ah, of course. Oh, yeah, of course it was. Oh, Josh's silly deck. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing um, of beauty. It was a thing of beauty, and it's completely immune to first snow of winter. Yes, so I played him in I played him in the Swiss as well, and both times we went to seven plots, and they had to play first snow of winter, and just be really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I anyway, so that played was... that deck this weekend, but the new packs aren't going to be legal, so oh man, I'm heartbroken. Mm. So I'm going to net deck something else instead. Yeah, um, yeah, that was my Saturday. Went out and drank, and I made sure to be slightly more cautious this time. <laughs> um, afterwards uh, Mage got his top off I'm sure you've told the story already at this point it, uh, people have mentioned it <laughs> yeah it was good it was funny we had a good time we met the secondary days all around wholesome evening <laughs> you missed all <laughs> the, the Troudow dancing afterwards clearly I did miss the dancing I kind of heard it from where I was cooped up on the sofa um, <laughs> but yeah and then on Sunday we played the cube, which is awesome fun. 
really fun to it's always just fun to draft but particularly with the cube rather than the packs because there's just so many more silly cards that you have access to um, yeah and uh yeah i started drafting my first pick um was the the braided warrior the dothraki who tutors an attachment from your deck and puts it to play oh wow um so i was like sweet i'm gonna build a deck with this guy and just find all the stupid attachments i can find um so i got like a horn of dragons um but then i got a pyromancer's cash so that was like that's actually the really good combo with that guy um and uh freezing rain okay um but more importantly i started to find good lannister cards um uh, and what i ended up building was I basically found half the cards from the Klansman deck that I played for a year in first edition anyway. Right. I basically, yeah, I drafted half of my constructed deck that I played last week at the Blackwater Legacy. <laughs> um, so I got, I got, um, Timmet, Son of Timmet, the good Cella, um, a Painted Dogs, the Klansman Tyrion, uh, Ashermark Knight, uh, Does Not Kneel Tywin. And I would have got Gunther, Son of Gurn, Bambi hadn't been an asshole and on my, sitting on my right and showed it to me before stealing it. Um, so that was sad. But then again, good the son of gun is less good when you don't have Ashimark in your deck, so yeah, didn't miss him too much. Um, yeah, so that was like a really successful draft. Um, I just yeah just built a real deck rather than having to cobble together some kind of full of bombs two faction thing like I did last year. Um, and then the plot draft was nuts. I, the first pack I opened had a, a glorious alternate Valor in it. Um, so that was a snap pick. Um, and then I picked up a bungled orders a couple of picks later. So yeah, when you've got bungled into Valor plus Tyrion and Timmet, who survived Valor when you have them both on the table, um, that's pretty good. I hear that's good synergy. Yeah. And I got some other good plots as well. Uh, that I can't remember off the top of my head. Never mind. They were fun. Fair enough. Um, and yeah, some other fun bits and pieces. I got quite a lot of draw. The aforementioned Cash plus the Ashimak Knight, um, the Manda, uh, one or two other bits of draw, I think. Um, and yeah, so I played. I can't remember what order I played people in, but I played various people and basically the, oh, the first round I played Mage, that was it. Mm-hmm. Mage, Mage was running Noble Cause and on the, he set up two, two cost allies and I had my one copy of Dissension. <laughs> so that was good. Uh, that slowed him down quite a lot. And then I think, um, Terminal Schemes did for his Melisandre. Uh, and it was all downhill from there. I didn't even have to use Valor. Which was nice because then I could keep it a secret for another round. Yeah. And then I think the next three rounds, pretty much, I won all of them by bungling into Valor. Uh, a particular highlight was against Alex Hines, who I flipped bungled orders against him on turn two, maybe. Yeah. And he had, he had, um, he put down the kindly man. He was Stark City of Shadow, so he couldn't use the kindly man. But he put the kindly man down with an icy catapult on him. Yeah. Just trying to figure out how do I get around this thing without it just killing my stuff. I was having to make sure I kneeled Timmet before I killed anything so that he wouldn't get killed by the Icy Catapult, etc. Um, and then managed to set it up such that uh, Timmet wasn't going to die to the Catapult. Um, then made a challenge against him. He flipped into Wildfire, thinking he had me. 
strip my board down, use the icy catapult to kill another thing. So I was down to two things, um, but they were both clansmen, which were not. Um, <laughs> and one of them was too much to me. And then he made a challenge back at me, and I flipped into Valor. He <laughs> 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 didn't see it coming at all. It was glorious. You should, you should, everyone should know that bungled valor is a thing. Like the amount of people that walk into that anyway, in constructed, yeah. it's remarkable. Yeah, but when there's but only two valors in the pool, someone's got to have it though. Someone's yeah, well, he's, got that he, valor, and if you he, didn't see it, you know. <laughs> he was saying he'd already played against Connie. You had the first valor. True. I guess so, so. He, yeah, the odds were against him. Um, so that was funny. And then I played Connie in a cut. Um, and she, yeah, didn't, she, the, it was horrible actually. Um, on my bungle turn, I attack her, she flips out of Kings of Mountain and Vale, which I genuinely forgot would be annoying for me, but there we go, I had to discard a card, to draw a card. She flipped into Naming the Air, mm. thinking that's a good thing to have on a bungle turn. Yes, it is. Um, it's not a good thing to have on a bungle turn because I've got Valor. <laughs> <laughs> so I attacked her again, made her flip out of that and put a character into play, and then when she attacked me, I valid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with and I think I'd drawn like Tyrion and all of the clansmen in my deck at that point, of which there were like five. I remember so looking over and yeah. Timmit was definitely there, and there was I think Cella was there and possibly a painted dogs. Yeah, maybe the other guy. There was yeah. there was quite a few. All the guys on the board were clansmen, I think. It was good. It was, uh, it was really funny. And then I played Wedge in the final, um, who I had played earlier in the Swiss. When I, I think it was when I played him in the Swiss, maybe it was the final, in one of our two games, um, I got my only trigger out of breaking and entering all day to steal his golden tooth mines, which was just amazing. <laughs> um, forcing him to immediately city besieged to destroy his own golden tooth mines. Sure. <laughs> but it, I drew a card from it in Moribund, so it was worth it. Um, but yeah, um, basically, if you have draw plus Valor plus a couple of good characters that survive Valor, it's quite easy to win in draft, it turns out. Sure. Um, so that was basically my day. Yeah, I, did, I had a lot of fun with Bungled Orders. Um, and I won a thing, which is, doesn't happen to me very often. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I, I think my previous record for size of tournament one was eight people. So I'd broken that record at 14, was it? No, there was 12 well, of us. Yeah. So, yeah, that's better. I'm, I'm slowly climbing. You got second overall. Oh yeah, I did. So that was good. You beat me out just. Yeah. So I was rooting for uh, Wedge during the final. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it feels yeah. Yeah, it feels weird that doesn't it? Because Wedge was second in both, so fair enough. I mean, no, you Wedge was like, third in a. Oh draft. okay, second and third, yeah. Yeah. Me and you each won one and did shit in the other. Yeah. I, Which doesn't, whereas isn't I came really a good overall performance, tenth, is it? Yeah. I know maybe we anyway. both tenth. No, obviously you made top eight, didn't you? Because you won your top eight game. Oh yeah, that's where the, the difference yeah. is. Yeah, because of uh, yeah. the remarkable top sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Um, well, have you got anything else to add before I uh, get the next person in? Um, only that it was a wonderful weekend, uh, and I guess yeah. Thanks for organising it all. It was lovely fun. Well, that's that's good, and no worries. Well, I'm joined by Secondary Dave now, who you may have heard of before. He's a member of the uh, esteemed Brigstock Matter. Hello, Dave. Hello. Uh, if you'd like to take the time to introduce yourself for those of the listeners who don't know you, uh, who are you? 
And what's your Thrones history? Alright, I'm uh, Secondary Dave. I'm from Brigstock. I've been playing Thrones for about 14 months. And I'd just like to play Old Nan. Yes, the listeners are well aware of your escapades with Old Nan last week. uh, And what a lovely holiday she had. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you didn't play this weekend. You were one of the hosts. Um, Unfortunately, you had to work, which was very sad for us. But do you want to give us some of the highlights for your weekend all the same? So, highlights of the weekend... um, well, like Dave just said, I was working. I wasn't actually working on the Friday. I was taxi driver for Vince and Rowan on Friday, and then I had to work on the Saturday and Sunday. Um, so highlights: Friday night I had to be an exceptionally drunk Josh, waking up to find Rowan sick in my front garden, and Tony Canella dancing to hip hop in my living room at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we did bring two regulars from the pub back. Uh, I didn't. I only remembered one of them, but apparently we brought two of the old boys. You know, well over sixty and. Uh, <laughs> just dancing drunk in your living room at 2 o'clock in the morning. That was pretty much Friday night. It was a drunken mess of a night that even I participated in a couple of beers with. <laughs> um, I, I decided that it might be a good idea to try and sleep at 3 o'clock in the morning with a p- party still going on in my living room, to which whale noises does not help the situation. And then I had to get up at 6.30 in the morning on the Saturday, after which I did a... 14-hour shift at work and came home to find Peel and James asleep in my living room with the front door wide open. <laughs> Went to the pub that evening and somehow got roped into being chef. Then had a little few couple of drinks to then notice mate stripping and thinking, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> at which point I realised once again everyone was coming back to my house and I had to be back up at 6.30 in the morning. So I went home. This time I stayed up for five minutes once everyone got back. And then I thought panpipes might help. Panpipes do not master sounds of atomic kitten getting bellowed across your living room <laughs> at about four o'clock in the morning. It was a life's eternal flight. It was wonderful. I then woke up to f- very confused sleeping arrangements compared to what I was told was happening when I went to sleep. And I thought we had lost Vince. Vince was in the spare room. Rowan looked like a little cat sleeping on my spare sofa in the conservatory. And Kev, for some reason, was sleeping on my floor when there's two spare sofas in the living room. <laughs> and that's pretty much my Thrones involvement for the weekend. I do have to say thank you to Vince and Rowan and possibly Kev for doing the washing up. I did not want to walk back to the mess that I woke up to. And that's Yeah, that's pretty much it for me for this weekend. I uh, walked into the WI for two and a half minutes. Walked out again. I was tired. Fantastic, Dave. Well, uh, thank you for your the sober man's recap of the weekend. Um, cheers for joining us. Right, next up we've got uh, Connie Rutten, who we've not had on the cast before. Would you like to introduce yourself, Connie? Uh, yeah, sure. My name is Connie Rutten. I am a Dutch Thrones player. I've been playing Thrones since 2014, made the switch to uh, 2.0, and genuinely crossing borders to play whenever and wherever, but mainly for the fun and not really to win, because I'm fairly <laughs> bad at that. <laughs> You did alright at the weekend, you made two cuts. Spoilers. Uh, this is true, that was a phenomenal uh, uh, thing that happened, I suppose, yeah. Do you want to uh, <laughs> take us through the highlights of your weekend? What did you play? Uh, how did it go? Um, well, uh, I played at Tyrell Crossing deck, which was kind of an impromptu deck because... I had the last days of teaching this year, so I was rushing to get everything done. Okay. I wanted to access my decklist and Thrones TV, which wasn't working. 
Um, so I had to improvise. Sure. Um, <laughs> I've only played Thrones at Starlek, um, which was great. Uh, played it at Bataya Puramuro and then this year at Dockside Brockle Day. So this was my fourth time playing Second Ed. Wow. Okay. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had, I had a great time. Um, so played Tyrell Crossing. Uh, first game was pretty much getting used to what was in the deck and, uh, yeah, yeah, the other games was trying to make some progress, but, you know, um, I didn't win any of my games. <laughs> well, but, but you won a prize. You won a lovely Sansa prize, which you've left here. So I'm going to have to bring it to Starlight. This Starlet is true, point. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I was very upset about this, yeah. Uh, when I unpacked the bags, I was like, whoa, uh, where's my Sansa prize gone? But, you know, being the loser that I am, I also lost my prize. So, <laughs> <laughs> Heartbreaking. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, the fun thing about this event was, um, like, I really love the Thrones community, and let's be honest, that's the reason why I stick around and go to these events, because yeah. it really feels like I've got, like, this international family going on. Uh, what I like about the big events that we go to is that you always meet new people, but on the other hand, like the people that I feel closer to, it always feels like I'm missing out on quality time. There's just not enough time. So I think this was very good to have that sort of, um, what shall I say, familiarizing feeling with the people that I've come to love and, you know, some proper family quality time, I suppose. That's what it felt like for the most part. It was, yeah, but with minimal arguments, so that was nice. Uh, well, there was, you know, another incident where I was paired up with my beloved, so, you know, that was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you won that game, right? Yes, the first time ever as well that I won from him in tournaments, so that was good. Fantastic. Well, for me, because I knocked him out of the cup, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we all make do. But yeah, um, first time ever that I actually made a cut was on this Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was interesting. But then on the Sunday, I actually made the cut because I made an effort. Yeah. And uh, that was also a nice experience. What did you uh, What did you play on the Sunday? Did you draft anything good? Um, well, fun fact. Uh, first cut I drafted was Rob Stark. We got Robbie bringing all these big guys' armies. Like, yeah, this could work. Yep. <laughs> then dra <laughs> drafted lots of armies, so it's finally settled for a Stark Greyjoy deck, which was fun. Um, and we played, well, because I made the cut, <laughs> I played five games. Um, but in the first, first three games, I didn't, didn't see Rob Stark at all. Okay. But um, I still managed to make most of it. I lost the first game against Alex Hines, who, uh, you know, his reputation kind of preceded him, but he, uh, you know, all tells the truth. So there was uh, no competing against that, I suppose. And then after that, um, I played... Whew, it was a long day. I played 
oh yeah right mate oh yeah that was fun uh, <laughs> still sorry about that mate but i had fun at least uh, yeah yeah, uh, yeah then peel and then obviously uh i played bambi and then I made the cut, so then I played Rowan, who was a sneaky fucker, and kind of, you know, bumped me out of the game by flipping Valor on me. What a, what a dick. Um, <laughs> didn't you have your own Valor? Uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so you should have been prepared for someone else's Valor. <laughs> yeah, right? but that was the thing. Like, the chances, because in the draft, I don't know how many cards there are, um, plot-wise, there's 180 in that pool. Yeah. And they so all out get of those... seen. Yeah. So. so, out of those 180, there are two Valors. So what are the chances of both of those Valors being in one game? Mm. Mm. Well, apparently a lot if you're playing Bungled Orders. <laughs> yeah. I mean... At first, I was like even thanking Rowan because it was like, ah, that's really nice. I've got a nice couple castle pots going. I can actually do the things I want to be doing. Oh, yes, I'll bring another army into play for free. Oh, thank you. And then, you know, there was the run at Valor by Rowan himself. I was like, fucking hell. Ah, no. <laughs> and then everyone was laughing and like, oh. And then I realized what happened to me and my impeding doom and, you know. Then I started drinking again, so it was good. <laughs> so there's a silver lining to every uh, every calamity. Yeah, or you know, raging alcoholism, but we may do. There's a thin line. Thin line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, have you got any uh, closing comments of the weekend? Any other highlights or? Um, I think that making a Game of Thrones playlist on Spotify and or YouTube is coming up soon. Right. Where, where we will have all the banging tunes that really remind me of Game of Thrones tournaments and, you know, events throughout the tournaments as well. <laughs> like Big Spender. Like Big Spender or You Can Call Me Out by Paul Simon. <laughs> yes. That got a lot <laughs> or, of that time. Yeah. Or Give It Up by Casey in the Sunshine Band. Sure. <laughs> yeah. This sounds good. We can just put it on at Starlack and... Meds can get naked. Works for Yeah. You. DJ Fish Whiskers all the way. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, uh, thank you for joining us, Connie. It's been lovely to oh, have you're you Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. That's quite all right. Uh, right, I'm now joined by uh, Vince. Vince, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, for those who don't know you? Oh, hi everyone, so my name is Vince, I've been playing Game of Thrones since first edition, started in 2011. I've been making my way through tournaments, both Joust and Mini, I've had quite a few successes in melee actually, which I'm very happy with. And today I play second edition a lot less than I played first edition, but I still enjoy it, so that's the most important, I believe. Okay, good. Um, obviously people should be well aware of your successes, but you're known as a Greyjoy player. Are you still playing Greyjoy in 2nd edition, or are you, you know, well, out there? <laughs> my, my first instinct was to, to stick to Greyjoy, because yes, that was my house in 1st edition, really loved it, loved playing it. And well, I'm this type of player, I need to know the cards I play and to know how they work more than I need to know the other cards, so I'm sticking to one house, makes sense in that aspect. Here for 2nd edition, 
Well, it's a bit tricky because I still like Greyjoy a lot, but uh, the fact that they, at the moment, what well, at least for the first cycle, mainly have or only have the unopposed mechanic to propose is, well, a bit not enough, if, if it makes sense. Okay. Because, which is sad, because the unopposed mechanic in first edition wasn't that strong. It wasn't, well, it was cool, but it wasn't really working pretty well, I mean, from a competitive point of view. And here in second edition, it works, but there's only that that works. <laughs> so, we'll wait a bit, see what the releases are, and I'll try to focus more on Greyjoy, hopefully, with more and more chapters coming out. Okay, sure. Um, so, obviously, you joined us for the weekend. Uh, can you give us, tell us what you played and give us some highlights from your weekend, please? Uh, sure, sure. Um, so I was playing uh, Tyrell Kraken deck. So it was based on basically the Captain's Daughter and House Florent Knight. I really liked the, the two cards. I wanted to see if there was something to, to do around these two cards. So I drafted something within the week, built it on Saturday morning, and realized I forgot a lot of cards to put in, but I still really appreciated the deck. I managed to make the cut with a record of 1-3, I believe. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, isn't it? Uh, and the highlights of the day have been... Oh, but I believe the... the Two highlights would be the very first one was actually the very first turn of the very first match and the very first move I did. So my opponent in the first match was uh, oh it was Peel was it Peel or Josh? Well anyway uh, I had set up like uh, characters with two strength yeah two characters with two strength and some economy. And my opponent had, um, had set up Rattleshot's Raiders and Margaret Tyrell. So I open on the 5-3-1 summer that gives plus one strength to all your characters if uh, there's a summer plot revealed. Open on this one, took initiative with the head of the tide, which was good fun, so that I could be first player and play my Alex Florent Knight to discard the opponent's Margarines. That was really cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, as an opening move, that was quite cool. I still lost the game. I believe it was Peel. I think it was Peel, yeah. I've got yeah. the, uh, the standings up here. Like the okay. Matchups. That was good fun. Uh, so that was the first highlight of the day. The second highlight of the day would have been actually more of a down night, if it makes sense. Right. I played twice against uh, against Alexander Hines, who is a lovely person. I really uh, enjoyed meeting him this weekend. He's a really, really cool guy. So cheers, Alex, if you hear this. It was really nice. And uh, though he set up twice the White Tree, the new Night West location, Oh, yeah. And, whoa, if your setup is a bit so-so, I mean, not poor, but just so-so, it can completely crush you if, well, that's... I expected it to be strong, but I didn't think it would be worse than Winter in first edition, yeah. which is basically works on the same mechanic. You know, having one less gold for, for your marshalling. And I'm curious to see how the meter will adapt to this card. Will it just, will it just deny it because it's only one house? Will it try to uh, increase the the number of gold plots in the plot line? Will it try to decrease the cost of the characters? Will it be a bit of both? Neither. I'm really curious to see how it will go. Because this is basically the type of cards if you play... I mean, from what are the impressions I had in this weekend, it's basically if you sit uh, in front of a Night's Watch player, well, it's sort of a gamble. Will it have white tree first turn set up or not? How will it work? That's, yeah, that's quite interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I thought the same. It was very, very powerful when he played it against me. 
um, and he sort of set against set up against me in our top eight game. Um, very very scary. It is definitely. When you think about it, it's minus one gold. Well, uh, it may be just me, and maybe I should have a how to say that a bigger curve or a bigger economy module in my decks. But I like to play my decks when I build them. The idea in second edition was to be able to play my characters with the gold I have on my plot plus one economy location, which basically means that I play characters not higher than five costs, maybe a few six costs, but not more than that. And having that one less goal simply meant that I couldn't play my I couldn't play my uh, characters if I didn't have at least two or three economy locations which brings back to another gameplay element of the second edition if I may get into it for a second sure. in first edition the economy cards were most of them free and non-limited which meant that you could have this burst of economy which was what it was and made sort of partly made first edition here in second edition, the designers made the choice to have economy being and all the economy cards also being limited, which is interesting because you don't get that I said that that much of a head start to your opponent. That being said, it also means that if you have a better start than your opponent, your opponent will it will take longer for him to come back in the game, unless he puts in gold plots, which I found a bit a bit sad because the plot game in first edition was really the the source of everything. It was so cool. And I'm sure it could be there in second edition as well. So I say that today that non-limited economic cards can be an issue when you think about cards like White Tree. That being said, there will be more and more cards released. Hopefully some more economic cards are equivalent and maybe it will all sort of sort out uh, itself. Okay, sure. Yeah, that, that was interesting. Okay. Um, so how did you uh, find the draft? What did you play for that? Oh, the draft, that was so cool. I, I love draft, I really love draft. I don't play that often, which is actually cool, maybe why I enjoy it so much. And first edition draft was even better, seeing the old cards and everything, you know, the nostalgia. No, I don't want to play on the old-timer here, or the old first edition player or anything, but having the nostalgia factor in it was really nice. Yeah. And um, what did I play? I ended up playing a Baratheon Banner to the Sun, so Banner to Martel uh, deck, and that was nothing much actually. I had good renowned characters, I had all the cheap um, Martel characters and some events that were good as well, so that sort of made a deck by itself. I drafted a bit poorly, I believe, because the very first card I drafted was uh, Sunstroke, so the attachment that gives minus in response to winning a challenge, yeah. minus four strength to the attached character. And I was like, okay, that's a good character control. I didn't have anything else in, the, in that uh, pod, that, in, the, in that pack that was I mean, happening to me. And I ended up starting taking Baratheon, and yeah, it turned out this way. Nothing much to say about draft, actually. Okay. Uh, any particular highlights from those games? Well, yeah, there was the, the, this game with you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. was, very, very... Well, I was on a good side of it, so it's a highlight for me, and that was very good fun. But, I mean, you remember the game, obviously. It was... You you took the advantage. It was a bit tense up until the moment you had uh, Ariauta on to play with Jackin, uh, the one that discarded power from the house to get a keyword, which basically meant that I couldn't attack you because I had, generally speaking, more than four strength, or I needed more than four strength to win a challenge, and you would have killed one of my characters, but given they had women add powers in them. And with Jagan, it was just 
wrecking me every time because you can get him deadly anytime and I have no deadly characters and no one to die on the plane. Yeah. I mean for for deadly. So yeah. That was uh that was tricky and troublesome. Up until the very last moment I was like, Oh yeah, and there was the fact that I had Gaston Grade I could have helped, but you discarded it using uh, what did I not have uh, Rally Cry. Rally Cry, thank you, yes. So I was like, okay, I believe all my options are gone. I, w- I managed to draft a river plot line, so could play crossing the normal spot, I believe, or the one after that. I mean, uh, yeah. And I was like, there's nothing that can help me, there's nothing that can help me. And boom, game of Sivas. Oh, <laughs> that's very cool. Could put a few characters with that, and maybe Jaken, who had five or six powers on him at the time. Uh, but you very accurately pointed out that even though I had a Red Queen's Faithful, so it's seven strength into character, you also had one with the army you had that was the Navu army from Targaryen, fam- the Targaryen house. Fleet from Marine or something? Yeah, yeah. one of them. Anyway. So, like, you know, what a answer. So, review these cards, get to draw, draw my first card, yeah, draw my second card. Um, Rivers of War, the Martel events. I was like, oh, that's the only card that could have saved me. It gives plus two to any characters. So I'm like, oh, my Red Queen's faithful army now is 10 strength. Meaning that I would win the challenge and I would bounce, I would win the game of Sivas and I would bounce checking back to your hand, helping me winning the, winning the game on that round or maybe the round afterwards. So yeah, quite happy and quite lucky on that. That was the only thing that could have saved me in this game. Otherwise, you would have won, I believe. It was uh, it was pretty pretty heartbreaking when I saw that rumors of war, but it was the way it was played was just so brilliant. Like I, I had seen the Savas, <laughs> I knew I was okay, and then you were just like, "Are you gonna give Jacket any keywords?" He's like, "Oh yes, I'll give him stealth." He's like, "Any more?" I was like, oh, "Well, I'll give him renown now." <laughs> and vigilant, <laughs> like unopposed challenge, and then you just bounce about hand, and I was just like, oh, "Fair yeah. enough." And of course, yeah. you uh, you managed to get your own back on me from last year's nationals by, I think you triggered Saldos on five times against me. Yeah, um, he was. Uh, even though you removed twice. True. Uh, that was a classic bear move, and yes, that sort of uh, that sort of reminds from uh, last year's uh, UK nationals final, where you completely wrecked me, and Salador was a big part of it because it destroyed my economy. And here I was lucky enough to have Salador's land like on the first turn, I believe. Uh, yes, yeah, I think so. First or second, I can't remember. Managed to discard was it Doran Solar and uh, Meraxis in one turn because I had the uh, Robot's Hammer into play. Yeah, which is King basically Robert's. all of my uh, all of my economy. Exactly. No, all of my goals, uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and after that I managed to attack a bit your economy and slow you down. And though you managed to kill it twice, that's true. I, I managed to bring him back with a. Uh, Fire Keys plus Medicine the Skin. Yeah. I believe that was it. Uh, yes, it was, yeah. I killed him, you brought him back with the Scheme, uh, you brought him back with Fire Kiss, and then uh, he left play, and you brought him back with Scheme a couple of turns later. And then I think yeah. I killed him again. <laughs> but that's <laughs> so cool, I love it. That was, uh, that was very good fun. Well, on my side at least. It was, uh, it was, it felt like payback. It was, and it was a fun <laughs> game. There was lots of, uh, lots of back and forth. Even though it seemed, you know, you had the advantage with uh, Saldor at the beginning, and then I brought it back with Jacken, and then that Rumors of War play was just so beautiful because that's a card that never saw play in constructed first edition. 
Yeah, and uh, that's actually quite a good draft card because it's outsmarted on me, but you can you can boost any characters, so yeah. it's very best uh, Oh yeah, I really like it in draft as well. Okay. And yeah, that was about it for my for my draft. There has been some there have been some other games as well that were great, but the highlight was clearly that move in that game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so any anything else from the weekend as a whole or? Well, that was a great weekend of Thrones, and yeah, playing cards with friends is just so cool. It was a great pleasure to, to meet Alex, it's a really great lad. And yeah, looking forward to the next time. I'll be working on this Captain's Daughter as for my decks, and see how it goes. Fantastic, good to hear it. Alright, uh, thank you for joining us, Vince, and uh, we'll catch you later. Right, I'm now joined by Crocodile Hammers, uh, a local from the Brickstock meta. Say hello, Hammers, and introduce yourself. Hello, Hammers. Uh, I'm Crocodile Hammers. I played first edition for about two years, and by two years I mean two weeks, and then spent two years standing upside down in Australia. Uh, Travelled a bit of America, came back, and first second edition was released. So jumped into second edition pretty much from the get go, and have played it since then. Uh, as of this weekend, it all started on Friday night, which was pretty messy drinking. Uh, Lots of marker pen involvement, including penises and lightning bolts. And then uh, waking up on Saturday, turned up at half past ten, half an hour after we were all meant to meet up and everyone was still in bed. So I had to do a lap of the village to find people. Uh, by the time we managed to start playing, um, I had no clue what I was doing because I built the deck the night before, hadn't tested it whatsoever. I thought I'd try the Dave Bamford style of playing, which let me go 2-2 but ultimately didn't work. I um, had a f- couple of highlights. One was against Josh, who had um, a bit of bridge encampment. Um, <laughs> two turns, he played that, and I managed to get out Fat Bob and Miri, which I should probably say I was playing uh, Baratheon Banner to the Dragon. Uh, good fun. If it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't. It was really one of those that depended on the combo coming up. But it was a really good day, made the top 16, so happy there. Uh, Saturday night, because I didn't make the top 4, went for a nap, got to the pub, way too tired, so I went home and had a sleep. Uh, apparently Mate had a naked dance, which looked awesome. And then Sunday, thought, ah, I'll be late today, because everyone was late yesterday, and then get a text saying everyone was on time. So a quick shower, run to the amazing venue given to us by the WI and then uh, we played draft which I didn't really know what I was doing but knowing the WWE draft was coming up I was looking to have possibly Finn Balor from NXT and getting uh, managing to nail down Brock Lesnar for my team didn't manage that but my house card, well, not my house card, my agenda was a Targaryen only one I don't know what it's called but uh, you drafted Heir to the Iron Throne Yep, I drafted that one. So, went for all the tar cards. Uh, first ones I picked up had Asher Greyjoy. Told Renown's pretty good. Took the Renown character. And then ended up building a Targaryen Fealty Stark deck, obviously. That went relatively well. I only won one game. But it was full of just silly things happening and annoying people. And that is pretty much why I like to play, to wind as many people up as I can. So yeah, it was a all-in-all good weekend. And then 
I ended up going to a massive party on my own on Sunday, literally on my own, no one else came with me, even my friends, and um, waking up Monday morning forgetting most of the weekend, so yeah, it was a pretty good time. Standard weekend in Brigstock, man. Alright, Hammers, well, uh, if you've got anything else to add? I'd just like to say, unfortunately, not enough bags were packed this weekend. I missed out on all the bag packing, but I'm hoping the rest of the team made up for it uh, generously. I know I packed my bags at least once or twice. Uh, there was a, an incident where we sent Peel away to get the bags from the WI to take to Dave's. And um, whilst he picked up the Manisters and he picked up the beer, he left the bags in the WI. And of course, come Sunday, no one really wanted to carry on drinking. So whilst I, I certainly packed my bags a couple of times at the pub, it wasn't as thoroughly as I'd have liked. Alright, uh, well, thank you, Hammers, for joining us, and uh, cheers. Right now I'm joined by Alex Hines. Alex, for those who don't know you, although they probably should because you're, you're famous in your own right, but you have been on Banter before, but it was a while ago, introduce yourself. Uh, it was mentioned on Banter just like two episodes ago as part of the quiz episode, right? Wasn't I the earliest non-UK, although I don't know what you meant by that since I have a British citizenship? Uh, it was the person who who doesn't live in the UK that... Came on first. Doesn't live in the UK. I was yeah. the first person who didn't live in the UK to go yeah. cast. Because uh, Vince um, definitely counted as British for that that question. Because <laughs> Vince was the first. Uh, oh, okay. That's, that sounds like a dangerously trick question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the Canadian podcast, one of the podcast hosts of Beyond the Wall, and and back in the old edition that doesn't matter anymore. You know, I. I I've won an overall world, cha- world championship thanks to someone else winning a game I wasn't involved in. So that, that was very good at the time. Um, but mostly I was just a person who said he was coming to the UK. And then uh, some guy called Dave Bamford decided he would change the date of his invitational tournament so that I could show up. It didn't really have a date to begin with. It was just later in the year. So I brought it forward two months, um, which works for me. Especially, you know, by the time we would actually be hosting it, I won't be living in Brickstock anymore. So, uh, it's oh, pretty convenient. Really? You're moving? I didn't, I didn't know this. I'm only moving about 45 minutes south, but I've got a job in London, so uh, I'll be moving closer to London. Okay. Yeah, well, thanks to you, I got to, to spend the weekend with people whose names are all nicknames. <laughs> uh, Top Knock Knight, who is not a Mike. Crocodile Hammers, who is neither a crocodile nor a Hammers. No, Hammers. Secondary Dave, who thankfully... Hammers. 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 I thought oh, it was... No, okay, like right. the Spanish for James. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi. Oh, well, that would be Jaime or something. Oh, all right, all right, fine. Secondary Dave, who thankfully is a Dave. Wex, who is not a Wex. Bambi, who is marginally a Bambi. Yeah. And Tractor Pete, who is neither a Tractor but probably is a Pete. <laughs> he is a Pete, yep. All oh, right, all right. So, I mean, <laughs> a, a fair few nicknames with that, yeah. <laughs> How was your weekend then? Uh, tell us a bit about your highlights and um, what you played and any particular games that stand out to you. Well, if the highlights weren't the playing, I, I mean, there, there were some games that happened in between times spent at the Cox, um, but I, I suppose the first day was the second edition joust, and I, you, you had mentioned that we could use the new chapter pack, and I wanted to exploit that to its greatest amount and, and brought, well, I brought the new chapter pack, which I had received just before coming to, to uh, the UK. 
and I played Night's Watch because I figured I could use both Night's Watch cards in a new deck and one of the plots. So I could play with, with Ari and White Tree and Varus' Riddles, uh, and I even opened it with it a few times for the banter just to see what I get. Um, and I wound up losing to Dave and Wedge, who I'm, I'm told are good players, and I guess I can now verify uh, and, and got stopped by you completely, but thanks to the top 16, I got to rematch against you in, in the top 8, and we had a much closer game that went 14-13 to 13 on turn 7. Uh, flip sneak attack. I, I win initiative. I go, this is mine. I've got it. I throw a 38 strength power challenge and hit a, a vengeance for Elia. Uh, so so you won that game and went <laughs> yeah. on to win the tournament. Uh, but at night's Watch was a lot of fun, and I, and I got to play with Ari, who is absolutely fantastic. Just an absolutely amazing card that Night's Watch really, really needed. Uh, White Tree, the earlier you get it, the better, but it can completely change the game on setup. And, and did exactly that, really bringing back some choke mentality. So Craven ought to be pretty happy once he gets to play with that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Ferris's Riddles was a lot of fun. Um I, I even I rematched against someone that I beat within 15 minutes because of the way that the game played out, and he knew I was playing Varus's Riddle as an opener and tried to to bait me into opening it against Fallen from Favor, uh, because I'd used it. I'd set up a single character and I knew he was going to march, so I Varus's Riddled. If he did have march in his plot deck, he would lose two characters. I would lose one. If he didn't, then I had a five six one and kept my character. Uh, but the next game, he, he knew that was going to happen, opened with Fallen from Favor, and I didn't fall into the trap. So uh, I think uh, all three of those cards actually showed some real promise, and it was fun to be able to play Night's Watch and not feel like I was completely gimping myself. Um, and I almost beat That's as far as I'll ever get, I suspect. <laughs> oh, there's there's always next time, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's draft where, where you didn't do quite so well. So No, I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, and you were the only person who really had a thorough knowledge of the draft pool. This is true. This is true. So no comment. So there's no excuse, is there? No, not at all. <laughs> no, I'm just going to blame late nights. I don't think anyone took an early night. Uh, no, no, no one took an early. Has Mage's performance been mentioned yet? Um, yes, it's been covered uh, several times by several people. If you want to give your unique take on it, then uh, you're welcome to. Well, I will. I will say that Mates' performance was memorable, and that I shall never forget his, uh, his, his closing down the bar with that particular performance. <laughs> and for some reason, some of those songs are still stuck in my head a week later. Uh, <laughs> I've had a "You Can Call Me Out" by Paul Simon in my head for about. I, exactly, you can call me out, and then si- singing out Ariane as well. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, there, there have been a couple that have seriously stuck. Although I will give slops to Mage for not liking Dire, tra- dire Straits, which I think is fundamentally wrong. I know, right? Um, but everything else he did is fine. I, yeah, there's something wrong with him. Well, <laughs> there are other that. things wrong with him. <laughs> I thought about that in the car this morning, and it just upset me. Like, how can you not like Dire Straits? Everyone likes Dire Straits. Yeah. Very disappointing. Um, yeah, the next day was, was the draft, and uh, I was handed City of Shadows. I wasn't sure how well that was going to work, and I saw very few Shadows cards, but I did see Mira, uh, so I, I definitely picked that up. Drafted mostly Stark. Uh, only saw her once in all four games I played. 
Um, but I, but the deck did fairly well, and and in, actually in both events I had the str- highest strength of schedule by like ten. Yeah. You just paired me against players you knew were going to make the cut. That's <laughs> although you know, I shouldn't be able to beat them too, but no. But well, the best part of the draft for me was the fact that I had to ask you like four rules questions for first edition. That was the best part for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I felt humbled with that. Like, uh, but hey, in addition you know to that, I, yes, I do. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, well, hold on. Does this passive happen before the, you know, is the after plot is revealed from my castle happening before my one revealed or after? And yeah, I know the answers now. I actually also drafted um, uh, Call of the Three-Eyed Crow again, uh, just for the banter. But the only time I drew it, it got started from my hand. So I still don't know what the card does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we were playing with the cards as printed. And so... As printed, so that one doesn't work. But it's good I didn't have to play it. God. Um, and it was my first pick from the pack, too. Like, I think I dropped two bombs just to pick up Call of the Three-Eyed Crow since I knew I was playing Stark at that point, and I just had to had to have it in my deck. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. But I, I definitely should mention my game versus Rowan, who, if I understand correctly, went on to win the whole thing, uh, beating Wedge in the final. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so Rowan was playing a Joust constructed deck, basically. He had all the cards he ever wished for. Just one copy of each, but still fantastic. And uh, I was playing my Stark, and I knew I was in real trouble. He had Timmet. He was keeping Clansmen alive. I was having trouble dealing with him. And so he attacks on a useless power challenge with Timmet uh, on his Bungled Order's turn. And I feel I can really flip the game. I use Frozen Moat or Frozen Outpost uh, blanking his Timmet to make him killable until the end of the challenge, and then I deliberately lose the power challenge, uh, flip into Wildfire, and uh, I have an Icy Catapult on the board, so I, I keep three characters, lose the fourth, but kill an additional one of his characters. So I'm now down to three to two, or three characters on my side, two on his, and I've killed his, his best character. And I, It was a really clever set of plays that I sort of baited him into, and I felt that I'd really turned the game around because I was, I was down until then. Uh, and it turns out that in addition to Bungled Orders and Pyromancer's Cache and the Mander and every other card you could wish for, he had Valor. So I won a challenge against him, he flipped into Valor, and I lost the three characters that I'd been saving for that three versus two. <laughs> so so he, he stumped me, given that he had one of the two Valors in the pool, and I knew who, who had the other because I'd played them as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I felt, ah, is, is that luck or is that just, no, he just drafted a really good deck. Uh, his post Valor recovery was excellent. But it's a shame when, when you feel like you got the perfect play and the game still ended against you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty harsh. Thank you for bringing some lovely prize support with you, some of the old uh, swag that you've picked up over the years and given them out. That was very kind of you. Um, do you have anything else to add before we, uh, before we end? Well, I think that... Paramore Invitational is a lot of fun, and I suggest uh, more people uh, basically do you favors to eventually get invited. <laughs> more people should send you money or prize support or, or or give you whatever it is you particularly want so that they can make it onto that Paramore list. That's a very good idea. Although I am slightly disappointed that there are no, no Cornish Paramores from Cornwall. No, I think the furthest like that way we have is uh, Ryan in Portsmouth or Southampton or wherever he lives 
and he didn't come up, so yeah, no one actually anywhere near Cornwall. But it was a typo, you know? We just had to go with it. <laughs> I, I, I guess I also have to have to both thank you for the, the, the playmat and the original sheet on which you scribbled lyrics to a upcoming or previous? No, upcoming. No, upcoming it, was, it was on about Andrew? three weeks ago. We had it on. I'm so far date. Okay, so to the, to the song from three weeks ago then. <laughs> <laughs> I have the original lyrics uh, in, in the original tidy handwriting of the original composers. This that's, is fantastic. Uh, that's one way to describe the handwriting, yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's only half of the lyrics. I found a second sheet the other day. So uh, I guess I'll, I'll owe you them. You, yeah, next time I drop by. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you for joining us, Alex. All right, and see you next time. Cheers. Un- Unfortunately, we've had some technical difficulties this week, which is no shock to anyone, I'm sure. We have technical difficulties every week. Um, for whatever reason, Wedge's interview did not record, um, and Josh's interview consists solely of me talking, so you probably don't want to listen to that either. Uh, and uh, Bambi wasn't able to join us for recording this week, which is a shame, but I hope you enjoyed everybody else. Uh, as a consolation prize, here's uh, the only result if I search Wedge on my computer, which appears to be a an old recording from the last time Wedge attended the Paramore Invitational. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, cheers. Excellent. Right. Okay, now I've got that, I'll just uh, go off and check it recorded, okay? Okay. Maybe I should start checking that again every time. So I guess that's that's all the interviews out the way. Um, People who are still listening, hello. How are you? Don't normally get me on my own, do you? Yeah, there's a reason for that. What I need you to do now, I need to say a big thank you. A big thank you to everyone came down from Black, from all over. Well, we came people, well, we had people come from, from the, uh, you know, the north. We had both sides of the north. We had northeast and northwest. We had some southerners. We had some people from Holland. Um, we had some people from Canada, <laughs> which is even further away than Holland. And Holland's a bit preposterous at the best of times. Like, but Canada as well. Like, how international are we now? It's amazing. Um, so thank you for everyone for coming down, um, saying hello to us all. And it was lovely meeting you all. And also thank you, um, thank you to everyone. 